0: You understand the meaning of the word foreboding. As in, badness is happening right now.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind.
0: Oh, you guys are a hell of a duet here.
1: Why'd you start harmonizing? Can I get an encore?
2: Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. So, for one last time, I need you.
1: Because lobsters live for over 100 years.
2: Now, what the hell are you waiting for? After me, there should be no more. So, for one last time, make some noise.
0: That's for John Lennon, you Yankee fucking cunt.
3: Have you ever been on your own before? No, never. Your last relationship lasted
2: how many years?
1: Around 12.
2: Sexual preference?
1: Women. Is there a bisexual option available?
3: No, sir, this option is no longer available. Hmm. And the dog?
1: My brother, he was here a couple of years ago, but he didn't make it.
3: Did you read the leaflet?
2: Yes, As you understand from your brother's experience. If you fail to fall in love with someone during your stay here, you'll turn
3: into an animal.
0: Have you ever danced with anybody? Yes!
3: As an animal, you'll have a second chance to find a companion.
1: What sort of dancing did you do? Just depends on the music. Mind if we join you? <laughs>
3: it's no coincidence that the targets are shaped like single people. I'm not couples.
0: Uh, hello, 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 and welcome back to Above the Title, uh, everyone's favorite podcast about the career of Colin Farrell and the state of the 21st century movie star. I'm Cole. I'm Connor. And we have a special guest this week. Uh, joining us in the pod is Genevieve Jacobson. Hi, Genevieve.
2: Hi, Cole. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, Connor, I think I'm rusty. We haven't <laughs> recorded been... in like two
2: weeks. We gotta
0: yeah, I guess it has been two while.
1: weeks, oddly enough. And it was Christmas. Did you have a good yeah. Christmas? I had a good Christmas. Did you have a good Christmas? I had like the worst Christmas of my life. Oh, oh, oh my you had goodness. you had the novel coronavirus. I forgot. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's what happened. Connor I had had, COVID.
1: <laughs> I had like a hundred and one degree fever on Christmas Eve. Uh sounds great. Yeah. Jennifer was your Christmas.
2: My Christmas was really nice. My Christmas was nice. Um yeah, I mean, a little bit i don't love going to my my sister my half i go to my half sister's place they're usually very normal and and fun and we usually like play games and that's about it but this year um her mom is getting pretty old and we went Mm. to um we went to like her her new home outside of virginia and i think because she's moved closer to wendy my sister it's just been like it was kind of just she was the heaviness was like really there and present. My dad, we share the same dad, and he's also eighty seven, so um, it's like you know normal to be like
1: yeah. defining
2: there. Yeah, um, but so that that was just like a. Or warm- you're just
1: like Michael Mann, and you're out in Italy blowing <laughs> vintage Ferraris up. Connor just saw Ferrari. He's very hot on Ferrari. Oh,
3: right I'm now. excited to see I it. Love Ferrari.
1: It's so it's, good. Okay. It's so good. It's, it's okay. so incredibly good. It's... <laughs> one glaring issue that most people, I think, can't yeah, really it's, sidestep. Yeah.
0: It's kind of unsalvageable. Uh, <laughs> Penelope Cruz, though, man. What a. No, no, she's not the issue, to be clear. No.
1: Penelope Cruz is not <laughs> to the be, issue. To be absolutely, absolutely clear. clear. Penelope Cruz is not the issue in the movie. And Adam Driver so is the issue. But he's what? He's, I'm he's kidding. A... Is he 85?
0: 85? Michael Mann? Michael Mann yeah. is. This is riveting audio.
1: He's only 80. He's a spry 80. Oh, he's only 80. He's got got a few more movies. (laughs) What have I done? (laughs) What what an incredible mistake. Have we ever talked about how Michael Mann is in
0: The Intern, Connor? (laughs) Have we? we I don't know. We've ever talked about this on Mike. Genevieve, do you know this?
2: No, but that are you talking about the movie The Intern, like the about the Harvey Weinstein, or like no, 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 no. About the, <laughs> no, 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 Robert that movie. De Niro,
0: Anne Hathaway, <laughs> buddy picture The Intern, directed by the great Nancy Myers. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, yes.
2: Okay, very different than
1: yeah, no, not you're thinking not, the Assistant. yeah, not assistant. what you would imagine yeah. a man, you, man to be.
0: Have you seen The Intern, Genevieve? The, the movie ends with, like, a Tai Chi class in Central Park, Uh-oh. and there is a long-standing but never verified rumor that Michael Mann just wanted to, like, sit in on the shoot and is one of the ex-old people doing Tai Chi in the last scene of the intern. And that's his role in the whole movie? That's,
2: amazing. that's his role,
0: yeah. And well, I don't it's know not even, it's a rumor. It's a rumor. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a not a even rumor. verified. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson in Minority Report. Um,
2: oh, I would love to know that.
0: Oh, do you not know about that? We talked about
1: that, right, Connor? I don't think that's a rumor. I think that's verified.
0: that's not a rumor. I just don't yeah. no one's ever picked him you
1: out. know. We did not talk about that. We did not talk about how Cameron Crow and Cameron, Cameron Diaz, Diaz is also on the train, right? Yes, in minority Genevieve, report. when was the
0: last time you saw minority report?
2: I saw honestly, like not that long ago. Okay. But I am looking at these pictures, yeah, you Google it. Cameron Diaz, but certainly not t- so
0: so no one's ever spotted Paul Thomas Anderson and I'm not no one's 100 sure made yeah. the final cut but he, Paul Paul Thomas Anderson is an extra in minority report along with Cameron Diaz and Cameron Crow because oh. he was scene.
1: he was shooting Tom Cruise was shooting vanilla Sky in Tamden oh, and tandem with minority report, fucking, which yeah which is okay. why okay. Spielberg shows up to his birthday okay. party in vanilla Sky for whatever reason. yes yeah. Oh, I see, uh, I see.
2: Wait, I see Remember
1: Minority Report, Connor? We were so young.
2: <laughs> I we love were so it. young
1: and
0: fresh-faced.
1: Hey, we got a about... good movie to watch.
0: We do have a good one. Connor, what movie are we yeah.
1: talking about today? We're talking about 2015's The Lobster, directed we did by Yorgos Lanthimos. We made we it. We did it. Like, we fucking of... made it. <laughs> we've, we've been in the fucking
0: trenches. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh, can man. I say, I...
1: Dug our way out of this deep, deep hole.
0: I am going to assume that I'm a little softer on this movie than the two of you are just because I'm just a little softer on this movie than a lot of people are. Cause I'm a bit of a Yorgos Lanthimos agnostic. Um, well, but can I throw this at you?
2: I soft it soft. Do you mean what? Yeah. Like, what like I'm not
0: do? like, I, I like probably like it a little less than you two do.
2: Oh, I see. I just see Cause I, see.
0: I, I like it a little less than,
1: a so lot of people.
3: So I know
1: yeah. I know that I am marginally younger than you two to a point where it's like an indistinguishable. It doesn't really make sense. But at this moment in time, this was the film that really I think separated me from my friends who were casual movie enthusiasts and people that i knew that were actually like interested in the criticism and like understanding the art of the thing because i th- i have a very very distinct memory of 2015 of going to the theater to see this movie Can't realizing
0: because it didn't come out till 2016
2: 16
0: <laughs> yeah then 2016 because it had a complicated I guess spring, release early spring I said, 2016 alchemy. i and was a, part well, of
2: that whole thing yeah yes
0: you were yeah. uh yeah the, you know,
2: the part connor about alchemy losing like shutting down, going out of business.
0: I know you this. want to talk about that, but I mean, you know this more than I do. Yeah, you're there.
2: I mean, I mean, Alchemy was um, a distribution company set up by I don't know his name, but he's John Deutschman. And he doesn't matter, doesn't matter.
3: The <laughs> it point
0: was is- Millennium's home video arm, which then became a distributor in and of themselves.
2: Got it, got it for so like got- a year. For not even a year, so they yeah. the, purchased Green Room, um, Love, Green and, Room, yeah, and and Lobster, and we took and A twenty four took all three of those titles. I don't uh, know. Else, I think they might might have also done Mia Madre. Um,
0: yes, I did see Mia Madre. Did A
2: twenty four end up taking Love? Because yes, Love it,
0: actually came it, out before Alchemy went under.
2: Yes. Okay. A twenty four. Let me just actually confirm that. But I'm pretty sure A24 took love.
0: Because um, all those other movies you're listening, because this movie premieres at the 2015 Cannes Film Festival, comes out a year later, almost to the day. And all those <laughs> other movies, because Alchemy Goes Under, basically don't come out till 2016 either. But I do distinctly remember seeing love November of 2015. Well
2: no it, cli- here's oh, what wait. i'll say climax for sure let me see if we can...
0: 24 100 had climax i, I saw I, love in I'm, three dimensions
1: i was hesitant to word it this way which is more truthful to the actual experience because i don't want to offend genevieve but somehow oh, somehow in 2015 like... before i went to see this movie in theaters i got my hands on a screen a press screener oh I got okay huh? so i watched this in like October, oh, was- November of 2015. I've never done that before.
2: And you yeah. watched it not in 3D, which is the only reason why to see this. Thing. No, no,
1: no, the lobster. no. He's saying
0: he's saying the, the lobster. lobster. Yeah, yeah. He got a screener of the lobster. No, I saw Love in 3D. Yeah, yeah. great movie. I love, love. I have not seen Love in 3D. Love's a masterpiece. I know you don't <laughs> like Love, Jennifer.
3: <Genevieve. laughs>
2: I mean, I didn't. But to be perfectly honest, like I was so disappointed by it. It was before I like was I realized before I was like deep uh disillusioned by Gaspar Noe like (laughs) but I will say that he actually Vortex I really like which is what I imagine to be his first like genuine film um as in like not about something that's like specifically trying to be provocative or juvenile um which I think is like I think he's an amazing like filmmaker in terms of how democratic he is and i think you know there's a lot of things that he brings to the table and and before he got stopped drinking but when did he stop drinking uh the the last time i saw him was at the opening of vortex and he had just stopped drinking
0: okay yeah okay so basically
2: everything like for a year i think sorry he made vortex sober okay without i mean he smokes weed or whatever but that that,
0: That might be why I'm a little soft on Vortex then, you yeah, saying I,
3: that I, out
1: loud.
2: <laughs> I know. I mean, and so, like, I guess I... I was
1: like, get my man back in the liquor store.
2: Yeah, see, I really, I really, I mean, Love is the worst script I've ever fucking... Of
3: course! I mean,
2: oh. but it's, but it, like, makes it unwatchable for me. Like, I think that, I mean, it's, obviously, of course, it's terrible, but, like, it's unwatchable based on that. It's story.
1: a movie that's hard to imagine has a script. It Even doesn't. though I'm sure it, it does. It was yeah. basically
2: like a A, B, yeah. like a, they did a lot of improvisation, obviously. And the, yeah, anyway. But the, uh, we're but not, the best I
1: improvisation like in love. movies. The best improvisation is improvisation that feels written. Not when you're watching a movie and you go, this is definitely improv,
3: which I is the way love feels.
1: Like love feels like you're watching a movie where a bunch of actors showed up to a location and were like, okay, let's make something up on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh.
2: yeah.
0: exactly.
1: Yeah. I agree. And that's and why it rules. And that's why oh, I agree,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: I like Love the way I think a lot of people like Enter the Void, which I'm yeah, not as hot on Enter the, the Void. I think uh, that's entire... His best movie is Lux Eterna. Oh
2: my God, it's so good. Uh, it's Lux Eterna, so
0: good. Lux Eterna, yeah, no, Lux is the best I'm, one.
2: It's so great. It's so great. <laughs> Lux
0: <Eterna laughs> is fucking extraordinary.
2: It's amazing. I
0: like I Climax. I like Climax. Climax is also terrific. Yeah. Uh, Irreversible is also really good. I like Gaspar Noe. I'm sorry.
2: I do too. I love yeah. it. Like my, he's like my favorite director yeah. I've worked with. I love yeah. it. Yeah.
1: But so- yeah, so his his film Love, Gaspar Noe's 20, also 2015, right? Correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Also 2015, 2015 film Love. What had been picked up by this company called Alchemy for the release. That is the same company that had at one point owned the rights to The Lobster. Then... Huh corporate shenanigans ensue they just go alchemy. under alchemy yeah. folds yeah. yeah well it's shenanigans in the sense that like
2: on it they, the it, fact it, that you
1: would put yourself in that type of like leverage position where you have like multiple films ready for yes. release that you can't actually follow through with because you don't have like the liquidity to like make it happen That's that's shenanigans i was uh, i was reading
0: some like trade like deadline stuff from the con that year and they were like surprising for deadline that there was like some editorializing that were like surprising amount of films picked up by not even <laughs> alchemy at that point. I don't think they'd even changed their name yet. Yeah. Um, but there was this, there was always the sense that they were like maybe overextending and they overextended. And I feel like the big casualty of that was the lobster just because it ends up sitting on the shelf for longer than any of these other movies. Cause green room, Green Room comes out when Green Room should have come out, which was Mm. that next March. Green Room should have stuck around and played all those festivals. Um,
2: Whereas The Lobster won Grand Prix and then disappeared.
0: When the jury. And then
2: I, I, I
0: do wonder. I mean, this movie is like an unqualified success. I do sometimes wonder if it is a bit of a bigger movie, at least with awards play. If a twenty four has it from the jump,
1: oh, I think certainly, and
0: isn't and it's competing with Room yeah. instead of competing with Moonlight and Twentieth Century Women. Oh
2: gosh, yeah.
0: In terms of a twenty four internal like award strategy, does yeah. the Lobster have the strong play that then Searchlight ends up doing a few years later with the favorite, which I think is a significantly worse movie than the Lobster.
3: Oh, I agree. I think, uh...
1: But is a
0: much bigger hit.
1: I... I think what I recognize in the lobster now is how alluring its its whimsicality is, which is like not something I was as attuned to because I was caught so off guard by the deadpan-ness of it upon my initial screening. Like I had not the first time I had seen the film on a leaked PR screener and in between when I went to go see it in theaters, was when I had retrospectively gone and watched Dog Tooth. And like in Alps and yeah. I think probably just those two other Yorgos films. And then having been able to see it a second time in that same year, I was then better able to like understand just the tonal texture of like how Yorgos Lanthimos works, even though those are both in Greek and and this is his first English language film. Um, but I think like when I think about it as an awards play, I, I think it fits that. Like accessible high art house that A twenty four excels at, and that the Academy like always seems like they're looking for to some extent to offset the crowd pleasers that they inevitably like launch into winning (laughs) into inevitably winning all of the awards. Uh, So to me, it feels like if A twenty four had had it from the get go, like it it would have been a no brainer kind of nominee.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a lighter field the the year before because this does end up getting the one oscar nomination um which it was never even like within spitting distance of winning uh for screenplay because that's the fucking we're giving kenneth lonergan his due yeah like manchester by the sea he finally wins the oscar we're so sorry
1: about margaret um and by whimsical like i understand that it's a cynical film but like the way the performances read on screen are just kind of so charming and how naive and childlike they are, uh, which I, I think I have issues with Lan- some of Lanthimos's other films that are maybe too adherent to a certain type of like aesthetic nature that he seems like he's trying to force upon some of his other projects, if that makes sense. I Sometimes it's difficult for me to especially like his newer film poor things it's difficult for me to understand like how much of that comes organically from him as the artist and how much of that he's trying to like force upon the subject matter itself coming from like his own aesthetical having <laughs> having
0: not read the novel poor things is based on my understanding yeah. is that that a lot of that is pulled from the novel in that case
1: I think so but I think there there are certain things of like the way he directs the performances mm-hmm. that somebody like a ruffalo can overcome but like some of the supporting actors in that film can't like necessarily like step above
2: i haven't seen Four things yet so so if you could just no spoilers I, lo- <laughs> oh, I no um, uh, we, we yeah
0: yeah but
2: i mean i've got to say like yorgos has always seemed pretty thematic in terms of like pretty like consistent um from dogtooth to alps to the lobster and i think things get killing of the sacred deer loses something along the way i felt in terms of like becoming too over i don't know i mean i i I'm, I'm in the process of rewriting it rewatching it so i do mm.
3: want
2: to like preface that to say that i'm only at the part where martin is introduced to the family but i think um the favorite And Killing of a Sacred Deer were two films that felt like they deviated from the real dark comedy that, like, um, I think defines Yorgos' kind of, like, distrust of any kind of uh, earnest relationship or love connection. Because I think, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but... No, 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 I
1: understand what you're saying, and I think I'm saying something similar Go even going beyond that to poor things, which you haven't seen yet. Right, I think yeah. based off of what you're saying right now, when you watch poor things, I think you'll feel similarly to how you're describing it at this yeah. moment. There's there's, there's something certain... in the humor of the lobster that's so organic and so pure yeah. that doesn't exist in poor things, yeah. if that makes sense. The humor in poor things feels very mechanical and very they're, designed.
2: They're and there is no humor in the, in the sacred deer, unless you think there is.
0: There's I, I haven't think rewatched it because I'm waiting.
1: Funny, um, I'm waiting for us to get to it in this podcast. Yeah. So I haven't rewatched Killing of a Sacred Deer in years. Uh, we,
0: yeah, I haven't rewatched it since it came out, and I'm I'm saving it. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I okay. do. Just off my memory of it from you know six years ago now, um, I think there is a sadism that can often run through like European art house cinema that I think I've not seen Alps, but is very present in dog tooth. Mm. And while it is to some degree present in the lobster, it is played more comedically. And I think was very much not a part of that movie's reception though, like ugliness yeah. and the violence of the lobster was kind of laughed aside by audiences and when I watched Killing of a Sacred Deer you know six years ago it really felt like this almost Von Trier-esque overcorrection where he really wanted to like get people mad at him again I and can- then when that didn't land I think he was just like I'll just make acerbic crowd pleasers which is what the favorite and then especially poor things
1: is and I like poor things a lot I like um, the favorite a lot I, don't I like, like the favorite very
3: like,
1: much. I, I like poor things. I don't think it's bad, but I think there there, there are aspects to poor things. And I, it's again, maybe we shouldn't talk about it as much, especially because Genevieve hasn't seen it. But I think there are aspects of poor things to me that just feel out of place or the or the they, it feels like the the threads of the screw is it, aren't lining up correctly in in, in a way that the lobster like does make sense, and that dog tooth like does make sense, and, and even killing of a sacred deer, I think to some extent, like, like does make sense.
0: Don't like dog it. tooth. You know, can't get dog tooth.
2: Cole, I've got to say, you're so spot on about the overcorrection of the Run Trier nature yeah. of the sacred deer. I mean, that there just isn't the kind of as as your as as Connor pointed out. There's really not that kind of black humor in it, which I do think is. Pop- Part of Alps. I mean, you can't watch Alps and enjoy it without adding. But I stuff- have not seen. Oh, you haven't seen. Disney. I have
0: not seen Alps. Yeah. Um. I should have watched Alps. I've been meaning to watch. I didn't watch Alps when Alps came out because I just disliked Dogtooth so oh much.
3: Okay. Um.
0: Got I God. really kind of loved Dogtooth. Um. Uh, I and I know I'm I'm alone in that. I just
2: I think you're alone in that at all.
0: It's kind of an Oscar
1: nomination. Um. I think dog. Uh, to- personally, I think dog. Dogtooths. Tubes- Dogtooth's reputation is a little overstated, in my yes. opinion. Like I think it's a I think it's a pretty in an atmospheric sense, like the direction within Dogtooth is pretty astounding and how he's able to like create that environment and how claustrophobic and how surreal it feels. But like he still situates it within something that is understandably real and and i really appreciate that about dogtooth but dogtooth leaves me i think with too many uh i i also think like part of the key to lanthimos is is maybe like Giving yourself the freedom to not find that it's important to ask so many questions, and more like ask of yourself how the film is making you feel while you're watching these things. But I think Dogtooth struggles with like I can't escape the questions that I end up asking while I'm watching. Yes, film. of like just like what's the motivation? Like I, I there's a little bit more that I need to to latch onto to like fully grasp what's happening here. So just yeah,
0: but like like I was saying, I I did not I did not like Dogtooth. I did not see Alps when it came out, even though people liked it, and I was like, "It's an interesting concept." It's an interesting concept, but then my, my thing with it's a much more sincere picture with with Alps. Is. Oh, a I've, movie? Yeah. I've 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 never seen Alps, but I've been thinking about this a lot recently because there's that documentary Four Daughters uh, that just came out that people are really liking, which is also about hiring actors to play departed loved ones it's like a form of therapy and I, so so alps has been floating in my mind because of this because i'm having the same reaction to four daughters which i haven't seen which is what i had to alps at the time which is like is this gonna be better than my winnipeg which oh. is like a parody of that very idea right yeah that that guy madden is is doing that under like 18 levels of irony um and i don't know i've never gotten over that hang-up of don't i just want to watch my winnipeg again
1: and I, then i go
0: in and i watch my winnipeg again
1: i don't think you will i think if that's the mindset you're, that you would go into sure. with, I, I i think you would be left pretty unsatisfied by alps yeah. sure
0: i'll watch it one of these days i will sit down and i will watch alps maybe when the next yorgos lanthimos movie comes out next year i think is what they're saying
1: when you do watch it, I think the thing that becomes apparent pretty quick while you're watching it is that you realize Hjorgos Lanthimos was not as interested in uh, just like the emotional interpersonal effect that this like premise has as much okay. as like he's interested in almost like the micro like economic environment. Okay, that, well, like, see, got now, set up, now but, you've got yeah. me
0: on board.
2: I disagree. I okay, think now I'm I... off board. I think the <laughs> microeconomic micro part, I think, is a consistent trait of his films. I think like especially in, you know, like all of the conversation in Killing of the Sacred Deer begins about like watches and and same thing with like kind yes. of the level the materialism of the lobster, like in terms of like, you know, um, what the desirable trait is in terms of like, yeah, they have a great smile or they have glasses, or yeah. a kind of like that but there's yeah. like this aspect of like kind of or good hair yeah exactly and 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 um so I feel like that microeconomics makes a lot of sense to me but I do think his whole taking all emotion out of these moments is part of his like commentary on how fruitless it is to try to generate false um connect like fall try to yeah, yeah mimic this kind of Really intimate connection that can never really be that can never be replaced, even while you're grieving. And actually, like to grieve, I think in terms of you know trauma theory, you have to feel it. (laughs) Um, you have to feel that, and 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 if you prolong it by pretending like this this hasn't happened, you know, you continue to enter into like a numb into the numbness, which I think he really believes people want to walk through life numb. And I think that you that that's kind of when people are in control and trying to. Con- I feel like all of his movies are about control. Some, some authoritarian. Some,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: some tyra- tyra- uh, There's some tyrant who is dictating, or multiple tyrants who are dictating the rules. And um, you know, I think that, like, I lost my train of thought. But just yeah, that um, that that part of that is also about the social order and like the kind of rules in which humans in general are so subconsciously programmed to socialization is basically what i'm yeah. talking about and i think that that he's really interested in how that cuts through all earnestness all tr- like how it makes us move towards numbness rather than what no one wants to do which is be
1: vulnerable i think that's what i was kind of yeah saying though is like he's he's a more set Cole and I recently brought up uh, a movie which I think n- neither of us still have seen called Collateral Beauty in which uh, I think the general nope. premise is that <laughs> actors are hired to act out uh, uh, emotional scenarios with the film's protagonists. Uh, Sorry, the actors it- are hired to... <laughs> I know tend there's a twist. To be the physical
0: embodiments <laughs> of emotions, but then the twist is that they are actually the physical embodiments of emotions, pretending to be actors. Sorry, and we I just still need haven't to seen and we still have that <laughs>
1: So we don't. It could be a good movie, and we just don't even. There's zero percent chance. Yeah, but I chance. think it's like when you watch the trailer for that movie, at least it becomes like very clear that it, the reason it's considered Oscar bait is because it's like what's happening is that when you place this kind of like artificial premise on like interpersonal connection and, and, and discussion that people have, you're like quickening the track towards uh, like emotional profundity. And I think in something like Alps, the way Yorgos, you could see Yorgos's mind like relating to it is that it's, it's more of like, well, for this to exist as a service, That can be uh, that is viable for purchase, uh, for procurement out in the world. There has to be like some kind of economic apparatus that like supports that thing existing. And then it's like, well, what are the consequences of this economic apparatus uh, existing and upon the people who are like the service providers that act within it? And uh, like that's what I
2: think that that's inherently
1: makes it interesting. I think much more than. That much more than the on-paper interesting premise that the film, like, okay sells out into the world, if that makes I sense. I mean,
2: I disagree with that, but I also think that we're saying we're both, like, congratulating the same thing, aspect of it. It's, I think, like, you can't really split up economic value or wealth or capitalism with socialization or relationships or the way in which we, like, interact with each other in the world. And I, I think, yeah. I think we're I saying... Think we're like,
1: saying that that's I think the, if you relate just, it to The Lobster... Like, when you read the premise of The Lobster, like I did the first time I had became aware of this film, not having, not having seen other films that Yorgos Lanthimos had made, I was expecting, like, I was expecting, like, a very sappy Black comedy uh, that takes place in some, like, weird, over-explained dystopian universe where, like, the rules are laid out, like, very clearly in front of you. And that, well, like...
2: Advertising. I mean yeah. that's that's like literally like it, you could look at all of these log lines from different sources and they would all basically say something that it's not really what the movie's about. I mean, that's like I think that's just like I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that the it's fair to say how the movie presents itself and equate that to the way that Yorgos wants to present it.
1: No, but I just think it's interesting that like his 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 personal interest in these in in these uh, uh, in in these plot selling points goes so beyond that of like the even slightly like off center mainstream filmmaker that like I the only way, the only way to really interact with them is to like, try to reteach yourself how to like watch a movie while you're watching one of his movies for the first time, if that makes sense, because you like you have to understand that the people are not going to act like normal people with normal motivations, with like normal emotional intelligence and that you have to like kind of understand that the constant transactional nature that his films are representing as they exist
2: yeah to me i would describe that as like learning a new language of the, the the film speaks its own like when i was watching dogtooth i felt exactly what you're talking about like i was so disoriented in the first few minutes of that movie just being like these are not It's because it begins with, um, if you guys recall, saying um, they're listening to an audio tape in Greek, just defining the definitions of English words. And you Mm -hmm. see in the subtitles that these definitions are not Mm -hmm. like that like they say cheese is like um, a lamp or whatever in in more interesting ways. But um, to me, it was like giving being given little parts of a universe in which I was learning the rules and the language of it while it while the movie unfolded and I think you're really saying something similar I mean maybe I'm misinterpreting it but for me I had to find something to ground myself in whatever reality we were playing the rules by and it and to me that was so exciting I loved that about Dogtooth I loved that I was in some that I just didn't understand how to read a movie this movie because usually it's just so easy to 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 um um could get any kind of meaning out of out of any film it's like usually pretty straightforward right but to have to work to figure out just even how to make sense of like the narrative at the basic level of like why are we saying that cheese is a a tape it's like a Mm lamb, um and then that there's no purpose there's really like and that all you know that there's there's no real quick answer for that, and I just loved that. Was what was the most exciting part of Dogtooth for me, and that was what got me interested in him to begin with. But as as his films go on, I feel like they're not as disorienting in the beginning.
0: I mean, there's a th- there's like an absurdist route to a lot of his stuff, and like absurdist in the like Ionesco Beckett Pinter. Like, philosophical sense, not absurdism, wacky, but there's that like absurdism of like the mundanity of structure and the meaninglessness of language that I think he has largely started abandoning as he's gotten more ingrained in Hollywood. Two undeniable like fruits. Like, we can be a little pissy about the later period ones, but. Clearly, it is working out well for him, and I—I'm more just fairly disillusioned with the most recent. kind of undeniably his best movie. Oh, um, which one? Poor wow. things.
2: Poor things. Oh yeah, well, poor I
0: things. Think, poor things mean, in is terms
2: of audience.
0: No, but it's the one. It's the one that works the most for me. I oh, think I pretty pretty clearly. I wow. see.
1: Um, partially because I—it's think... a good movie. So like, no shade, no judgment. Yeah, it. Or anything like that. Just it, it, it it clearly did not affect me the the way that like others of his have.
0: What you were saying, Genevieve, about your like your own need as a spectator to like find your way through like the world of the Orgos Lanthimos movie. That is what Poor Things is about.
3: Oh, interesting. Um, Because
0: he's basically grafting the like Forrest Gump being there, like stock narrative onto a Yorgos Lanthimos movie and having the protagonist be the person who doesn't know the rules of the Yorgos Lanthimos movie kind of if if Dogtooth and this and The Favourite and I've not seen Alps Sacred Gear actually weirdly is not this case because it's it's right. a different beast but if Dogtooth, this and The Favourite like start in media res vis-a-vis everyone's knowledge of like the social codes because um, nothing that happens in this movie is surprising to Colin Farrell right he knows yeah, yeah. he knows the rules of the world even when he breaks from the rules of the world he is like going to a world that he has an understanding of i think yeah. that's what dog i'm tooth, saying that
1: makes it dog tricky tooth-
0: Yeah, Dogtooth, we entered Dogtooth when these children are adults now, and they've lived with these codes their entire life. The favorite is about people who need to, like, understand the rules of courts to, like, survive and make their way through. Like, we are coming into these worlds where everyone understands the game that is being played. And Poor Things is about someone who is coming into this world and doesn't understand the game that is being played because she's an infant. Right. Um, and she needs to like figure out how to like function within these prescribed societies. I personally find that to be more interesting than something like The Lobster or Dog tooth, just because I like this movie much more than Dogtooth because it's so much funnier than Dogtooth, and I think it's so much more inventive than Dogtooth, which I really think is a one idea movie. But to some degree I watch Yorgos' movies and I'm like. They they lack forward momentum because there's so much about like hamsters on hamster wheels, in a sense that people are just like existing in a space, in a way that I find less interesting than people moving through a space, which is what
1: poor thing. It's funny we have, degree, such, the the we have such the opposite. We have such the opposite. That's why I said it,
0: I'm right? I'm not a Yorgos Lanthimos person. No,
1: yeah. I- no, but like yeah. it, I to describe it as in media res, I think is exactly what you need to understand because, um, for this film, which for those of you who this would be a hard episode to listen to if you haven't seen The Lobster, but for I those of you who aren't, you know, uh, they've seen well, the it's, one the it's one of the canonic, it's one of the canonic Colin Farrell texts by this, person. yeah, it's so it's in the cover if you're listening and to this the podcast, intro music to this podcast. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> Because lobsters live for a hundred years, <laughs> and I did blue-blooded, the blue-blooded like real pointing at the screen when he said yeah, that.
2: Blue-blooded like <laughs> aristocrats, and they remain fertile for their whole life.
1: Yeah, yes. uh, but Never. I think even even that you're talking about that you talk. I think when this movie begins that he's being taken away from his home, and he's asking his wife, "Like, why uh, did he wear glasses or contacts?" Yeah, so yeah. obsessed with the near sight, which is clearly not a thing that you would understand until later in the movie. Yes. When it becomes apparent that all the single people, or everybody in this world has a defining characteristic and they're trying to match up depending on their defining characteristic that gives them some kind of, a, I don't even know, like joint unity as they like navigate through like existing that they have something to relate to each other about, I guess is my interpretation that I put on that. But
3: I want to get I into think, it.
1: Knowing what this movie was about, having going into the first time I watched it, I think you're expecting them to react with like disgust against this like social crime that's being enacted against them of this like idea that you were you you either were not, not able to find a partner by a certain age or your partner has left you for whatever reason and now you have 45 days or else uh, you're going to get turned into an animal of your choosing, <laughs> which which is just insane to think about. But I think my my initial expectations of this movie were like, OK, there's going to be immediate like disgust against the social crimes that are being acted against these people. And then there's going to be some type of rebellious scheming to like outmaneuver the system that's Was being placed upon them. Which there technically is are kind of are it's it's kind of what is happening within this film but what i was not expecting the first time i watched it was for the i think the opening segment of the film to be more or less about colin farrell's character david deciding whether or not he actually would prefer to just be turned into an animal as opposed to like Having to <laughs> having to complete this like ritual of courting to then spend the rest of his life with a random person that he'll like come across in the short window of time. And I think if you don't come to the realization that those questions are more where the film is geared towards asking and trying to figure out early enough within your watching the film, the initial time, you might as well just like restart it and start from the beginning because you really need to like latch on to like that kind of more philosophical aspect of it, of like, what does it actually mean to court? What does it actually mean to share your, your existence with another person? What does it mean to be alone? What are like society's expectations upon human beings and, 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 uh, and their, sexual preferences and 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 relationship status uh, you you have to you have to be more geared towards thinking about it that way or else you're gonna like miss out a lot uh, miss out on a lot of what the film is doing in its initial act
0: we should get through the boring stuff before we get yeah. into this because we're we're already starting to get into this um okay blah 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 boilerplate this is the lobster uh directed by Yorgos lanthimos uh co-written by him and ethemis Philippou. We should have gotten fucking patas pat on this episode. He could have helped us with all the, the Greek. <laughs> yeah. um, after Miss who also wrote Dogtooth and Killing of a Sacred Deer and Alps, but I believe hops off the Yorgos train
1: after Killing of a Sacred
0: Deer. Uh, I, think, stars... I
1: think he's only worked on like one other film since. I'm pretty sure. Well, he wrote Chevalier, right? Uh, which is
0: Athena Sangari's movie. And she produced this, and she produces he, a lot of Yorgos Lanthimos. He
1: co-wrote movies. a Greek film in 2018 titled Pity. And he co-wrote another one. Oh, he, he's, he's, he co-wrote the next Yorgos film.
0: Oh, okay. So he's back. He's back
1: for kinds yeah. of kindness. He's back, baby.
0: I, they're so cowardly to not keep that title, just be and. It was so cool when they said <laughs> the next Yorgos Lanthimos movie was just going to be called and. <laughs> um, anyway, movie stars, Colin Farrell, Rachel Weisz, Leia Sedu, Arian Labad, Ben Wishaw. Uh, Angeliki Papalou, John C. Riley, Jessica Barden, Olivia Coleman, and fucking Michael Smiley, baby, like it's a fucking Ben Wheatley movie. Uh, Connor uh, premiered at the 2015 Con Film Festival, where it won the Jury Prize and lost to the far superior uh, Jacques Audiard film *Deepon*. Fight me, you fucking haters! That movie's incredible. Um, it didn't even. Up-
2: Deepon didn't even make it to L.A. in terms of its release. doesn't and matter.
0: Deepon's incredible. No, that's Deepon's how much amazing. it
2: was robbed. I'm, just, I'm no, agreeing no, with you. No, no, no.
0: I, I fucking <laughs> love Deepon. Everyone hated it when it came out. Um, and I don't know why. Jacques Odia is too good for these fucking fools. <laughs> these children. Um gets an Oscar nominee for best original screenplay the next year in 2016 loses to Manchester by the Sea. Uh Connor, tell the lovely people what happens in the film The
1: Lobster. So is it, is it Rachel Weiss or Rachel Weiss? I've always Weisz? thought it was Vice.
2: I've always thought I it just, was Vice too.
1: I've never I've never like looked it up. If to clarify
2: if
0: the Colin Rachel reunion movie ends up happening uh, I will promise I will look it up before we talk about her on this podcast again. How
1: wild that is with like the two canonic, uh Daniel Craig women in this film.
0: Who's the other one?
1: Uh, Leah Seydoux. Oh, of
0: course, of yeah, course. Obviously, Cole. Of course. <laughs> uh, Genevieve, do you like Todd Salons? You feel I feel like you would like Todd
2: Salons. It I seems mean, like you're... happiness is like. Was the I don't I don't know how I feel about Todd Salons. Car- okay. Karen. <laughs> I okay.
1: mean, I just saw that. I I knew that was going to be the reaction.
0: <laughs> that could have been the reaction. The reaction also could have been that you love Welcome to the yeah. Dollhouse. Um, I,
2: you know, I actually haven't seen Welcome to the Dollhouse, which yeah. is a big, big gap. Yeah. I think I mean the first Todd Solondz film I ever saw was Happiness, and I was just like, I don't know, there... I, I that that was um to me it read like uh Have you ever seen Beautiful by Alejandro in your YouTube? No. Okay, God well, no. it's basically, like it's basically like, yeah, no, exactly. It's like the, the movie worst- that beat, All no, the- did
0: not beat, uh, Dogtooth for the Oscar, um, nominated against. Yeah, you continue.
1: have a better shot of Cole becoming like the world's greatest NHL fan than him watching Beautiful by but... eight <laughs> Fucking I
0: hate him too. <laughs> um, I I mentioned I mentioned Todd Salons because ostensibly and allegedly. Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz are going to be reuniting in the next Todd Salons film. This was announced pre COVID. So who knows if it ended up shooting. It's ostensibly an Oedipus thing. Sounds good to, to this guy right here.
1: Yeah. Um, it's very, uh, the the timing of this podcast is strange because the foreseeable Colin Farrell releases from when Cole and I decided to sit down and do this coming out of COVID going into the strikes have like really yeah. f- shaken a lot up and, and thrown a lot into uh, question. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, this film, the lobster it is about, as I said, it's about a world where uh, all citizens of the society uh, must be in a relationship with another person, a monogamous relationship. I, I think that is that made clear. They at least have to be in some kind of like dual partnership with another person. It, uh mm-hmm
2: that you cannot be bisexual so you have to choose you cannot register
1: as bisexual
2: but i mean like it's not I mean, like
1: illegal to be bisexual though that's okay if is. we're if we're gonna think about the
0: logistics of this there yeah. is this scene where rachel vice Leia say and um Ariane labad are out together and rachel vice is like why is there an odd number of this there can't be an odd number of us <laughs> so i assume polyamory is not in the carts
1: exactly because because so. yeah not polyamory, but I think... Okay, okay. If Col- Colin Farrell... The, the movie begins, Colin Farrell plays this guy named David who's an architect. His wife leaves him for another man. So he gets sent to this like penal colony called the hotel where he it's all single people and they have to match up within 45 days or else they'll get turned into an animal of their choosing. I think... Why I'm saying it's not like illegal is because he was married to a woman. But when they when he gets to the hotel, they ask him what his preference is. And he asks if bisexuality is an option because he once had a homosexual encounter earlier in his life. And they say, no, it's not an option. It was too complicated. <laughs> you can only pick one or the other. But in theory, he could have said, I'm attracted to men and there's nothing wrong with that. And he would have just been able to court men at the hotel. So well, he would
2: have choose the point is that he but would that have-
1: make him bisexual. Point he, is he can't,
0: he can't court he's both not allowed
2: to be. Yes. It's,
0: it's against the rules for him to be courting. Yeah. Both. To but I that. think that's because they want to, I think they want to maybe like partition the amount of people they let in at any one point or like organize room stuff and have handling like mixed gender is, is too logistically difficult.
3: Yeah, yes, so is, uh, it.
2: they said it like I mean, place. okay,
0: we can, I think there's plenty of... we can also say this. We can also say this. <laughs> it doesn't actually matter. Yes. I don't actually think Lanthimos has thought through the implications of that. It is just meant to be an indication that he's more of a free spirit because yes, it, it immediately yes, yes. follows it up with the shoe joke, which is the exact same thing <laughs> where they're giving him a binary option and he wants to split the difference, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's all it means. You don't, this is. I agree. I do think if you start thinking about the, like, logistics of this movie, you're going to go insane because I don't think they've thought through the logistics. It's pure metaphor.
1: I actually, oddly enough, think that the movie is, like, it is oddly, and I mean that genuinely, coherent in the way that, like, I think that you can infer upon a lot of what is happening here and make sense of it for yourself without running into the issue, without running into, like any uh plot holes that derail the entire premise of the the project as a whole but yeah so uh the single people they get sent to the hotel they're given 45 days uh they how how do, you, how do you describe their stay in the hotel it's it's like a balancing act between they can't satisfy themselves with anything like masturbation masturbation but they are being constantly like sexually stimulated and and push towards each other uh to try to make this ritual of courting like as efficient as it can possibly be uh all the people at the hotel and seemingly the world uh kind of identify a defining characteristic about themselves uh so in Collins david's part it is his nearsightedness and that he wears glasses um there's a character uh uh played by Ben Winshaw who walks with a limp because he uh, once tried to find his mother who was turned to a wolf and he got bit by a bunch of other wolves and now he walks with a limp and that's his defining trait. But uh, there's also someone like John C. Riley who has a lisp and a girl who gets like constant nosebleeds and another girl who has nice hair, as they say, or beautiful hair. How do we get from point A to point B? This is my my constant issue with the... They have to pair up. Colin decides that he would rather pretend to not have feeling when he does then have to feel a certain way when he doesn't. So he tries to match up with a woman who's known for being ruthless and having (laughs) no sympathy towards any other people. Um, Also, there is a a weird society of people who have escaped the hotel and are living as their own band of individual loners like out in the woods, the wilderness surrounding the hotel. And every day- Yeah, they are literally called the loners. And every day the residents of the hotel are bust out uh, to where the loners are out in the forest with tranquilizer guns and told to hunt them down so that they can finally get turned into the animals that they belong. Um, And if they do catch one of these people, they're giving an extra stay at the hotel. So Colin tries to pair with this ruthless woman who's like the LeBron James of catching the loners out in the woods. And she has like 148 Backed up hotel days uh, left and seemingly she has been there for like years and years, I guess. <laughs> and She just keeps catching loners out there in the woods. Um, she begins to suspect that he is not heartless. Uh, and since he is accompanied by his brother, who was once turned into a dog years earlier, she decides to kill the dog brother to see if David... Hate it. Hate it. (laughs) Yeah. To see if David reacts in any way whatsoever. Um, Despite his best attempts not to, David begins crying in the bathroom while he tries to brush his teeth, uh, convincing the heartless woman to believe that uh, he has been faking his courtship with her the entire time. She's going to oust him to the people who run the hotel. Um, He, with the help of a uh, planted Employee tricks her, turns her into an unnamed animal, though something horrible, and then runs off to live with the loners out in the woods. Um, as a loner, he comes across a woman played by Rachel Weiss, who is also nearsighted, and they begin to fall in love, uh, which causes the leader of the loner faction, played by Leah Saydu, uh, to become violent in, in her ability to like remain control over these people who uh, have the whole idea about the loners is that they've escaped society that's constantly trying to pair people up but they're almost as constrictive in the opposite direction where you're not allowed to to have any kind of partnership or relationship or, or mm-hmm. any kind of yeah affection uh, affectionality with anybody else um she uh, tricks uh, Rachel Weiss's character into being blind by uh, an eye doctor and uh, she and David escape back to society where it is revealed that David has decided that he is going to attempt to take his own vision so that they can continue living as a pair uh, now joined in in their lack of sight as opposed to nearsightedness. He goes to the bathroom at a restaurant where he clearly is struggling with the idea of stabbing himself in the eyes with a steak knife. And that is where the film leads us. So
0: I saw this movie at a, at a festival the first time. This was, I think, opening night of Fantastic Fest 2015. Oh, my God. Uh, that... yes.
2: Wait. Time we... out. Wait. I, did about you this. see did you see him come, like ne- did you see the scene where he was or did you see him next to the lobster the inflatable lobster i
0: don't even remember oh my god
2: <laughs> so pissed i've never seen i mean he's usually pissed but i've never seen him so pissed
1: yorgos um, I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about not colin farrell
2: no i don't think i thought uh yorgos who was put on stage by Tim Gunn or Tim League, who runs Fantastic Fest and also owns like all you know, like started the Alamo Draft House chain, um had an inflatable lobster um yeah. come on stage when they were introduced like Yorgos yeah. as you know the as the director of the headliner film.
0: But I was just gonna say because <laughs> yeah. we're watching this movie and and in the front row. And this movie ends with this, like, very lengthy shot of Colin Farrell, like, trying to psych himself up to – it's not literally the last shot, but trying to psych himself up to stab himself in the eye. And we're all, like, doing the fucking – pulling yeah. our shirts over our faces. And remember, like, right before it cuts to the actual last shot, which is Rachel Weisz waiting for him, I, like, yeah. look over and my friend has, like, slid so far down that he is on the floor. <laughs> like, that is how – fucking that is always a so primary close memory with of the, the lobster knife. is how tense we all felt for, for ultimately no payoff which is a great joke in Jorgos's part that he he got us all and thought that he, we were gonna fucking see some eye trauma uh-huh.
1: everybody t- um, everybody talks about that shot in mission impossible 2 where the knife got really close to tom cruise's eye I, I would gander that the knife is almost as close. It's a pretty fucking. At, so close. At some point at it's so movies. stressful. Yeah.
0: Even even rewatching it now, like knowing you don't see the fucking eye trauma and have seen the worst eye trauma <laughs> you can see in a movie, right? Like I've done my trenches with the people getting stabbed in the eye movie stuff. You know what makes
1: um, I'm it, still uh, freaking out. You know what makes it nearly unbearable, though, is like, well, one, one, you just have the awareness of like you're watching an actor actually hold a knife that close to his eye, and even though you know in the movie he's not going to do it for for a split second, you're like, oh, don't do it by accident, man. like yeah, you, you kind exactly. of think you kind of think it's possible that Colin Farrell could accidentally, the real life Colin Farrell could accidentally stab himself in the eye while they were filming this. But what makes it worse is. David goes through this whole thing where he's trying to realize where the blood is going to splurt out. So he starts grabbing paper towels to (laughs) stuff into his shirt, but he's still holding on to the steak knife. So he's using that hand to like stuck stuff, paper towels down his (laughs) neckline. But the the blade of the knife is just like waving around near his face.
2: He puts it into his mouth. And I thought that that was actually not for where the blood is going to spread out, but for him to try to not scream. Yeah,
1: yeah that I too. He still like bite down on something. Yeah. He stuffs it into his uh, mouth. He already has it. In and his. it's very close He already in. has it in his neckline. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's also so interesting because I've always, I've always thought about this. I've always thought it's so interesting. Um, when it cuts back to Rachel Weiss at the end there, there's, there's two things that have always stuck with me. The first is that, Your Lanthimos has clearly set up so much like labor happening in the background because you never see anyone doing any actual work in this movie that is not that is beyond like the maintenance of the rules of the society. But as you see this like parking lot and highway, all you're seeing are trucks on the highway and all these like moving vehicles and like construction vehicles like puttering around behind them. The second thing is that. Rachel Weiss, and I've never been able to crack what's going on here, looks at something. And it's the only time she breaks the like blind head bop that entire last chunk of the movie is she very pointedly turns her head in reaction to a sound that's coming outside. And it's such an interest. and it's right before it cuts to credits. If you, you guys know what I'm talking about, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. What you're yeah, talking it's about. such an interesting, like, that's the actual like, Poking the guts at the end of the movie it's not that he's blinding himself it's that she might still see somehow or something's going on there that i don't know i think it's interesting
1: i, I mean think I, the movie, I, I, I think the framing of the shot leads you to think that he's gonna walk by yes that's that he's the gonna obvious, run away that's the obvious trick that oh that's see playing on you
2: and all i can think about is why would he blind himself if she's blind yeah like because well,
0: he thinks that'll make them okay this is my this is my I big mean, question
1: he asks if he could kiss her like five and she minutes says, earlier right no, and right. no she no, says but... we can't do that anymore because they're not a couple anymore because they're no longer both nearsighted so
3: i think that this <laughs> this, this
2: discussion would break down if we try to interrogate the, the defining characteristic because it just doesn't lead to anything anywhere if you just say okay like the guy with the limp is able to pretend that he has a nosebleed and like um the nosebleed girl is okay with that whereas rachel weiss who can't see you know conceivably won't even kiss him because she doesn't like blackberries and she can't pretend like she likes blackberries like that's literally like one of the things that he brought up to kind of so i think it's just not i i think it's unproductive i guess when I, i just brought up that issue and i think it's unproductive to kind of like try to untangle that because it doesn't make any sense
1: yeah well i think going back to what cole was saying that like you get this instance of like, wait, is she actually not blind now? Where you get yeah. this moment where you question if this was all an act that she is. Or if the
0: on. sites may be coming back or. Yeah. And I that think that's is... leading.
1: I think that's leading to what you're saying is like, are these things are, are these obstructions that we. That are clearly allegorical to like the way that we court in real life as like people in their Tinder profile have their list of qualifications that the other person has to meet in order for for and and I think this was more pronounced almost 10 years ago when the film came out when those kinds of quick, fast, casual internet dating apps were like really coming onto the scene at a rapid pace and now we're more used to it so now we're we're able to have like these more intricate complex discussions about it i think but like especially at the time but i think what cole's saying with that ending is it's leading you to think like are we not just obstructing ourselves like this because it's easier to say you don't have nice hair it's easier to say you don't have nice hair so we can't be together other than like i'm just really not that interested in you and I don't want to have this conversation about how your personality is not intriguing or, <laughs> yeah. or, or nice to me. And, uh, and, and I just don't even want to bother with the idea of giving it a shot and seeing if this will work. And it's kind of like in equal parts, like these. this idea of the defining trait makes things much more difficult for them, but also... Maybe at the end of the movie, because they're spending more time with each other and just talking, she's starting to realize that she's not actually in love with him. Yeah. And now she's just making up reasons why they can't be that
2: together. Is yeah. interesting. I yeah. like that. I like that. And I never thought about that. But I, I, yeah.
0: Here's my question. And this this is something that kind of struck me watching it this time. This is my second time seeing it. So first time knowing where we're going what we're adding up to knowing there's going to be this whole turn with the like oh now actually the relationship is banned thing yeah would he not be happier as a lobster and is that not what colin's playing
1: that's the that's the whole thing i think but it's this like is i my think that's what is, you have to realize at the beginning of the movie is what i'm saying But if like, that's what you realize genuinely the beginning of the movie
0: then why is this movie two hours long and not five minutes long Is my Cause, cause so it, question because i realize i'm watching this and i'm like He's putting a whole lot of effort into staying alive for someone who I don't actually think wants to stay alive.
1: It's I mean, it's a it's no, no no it's it's different than self destructive in that sense. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't not, think it's yeah. a suicide. It's not
0: suicidal. It's that he doesn't want yeah. to play the game, but the whole movie is about him playing the game, and I don't know if I can necessarily, you know, mend that disconnect. For me. I
1: think he genuinely gets seduced into thinking the way that ben wishaw thinks by the way ben wishaw kind of explains it to him of like i am a winner and i will game the system and that's how i come out on top and i think he he kind of looks at himself for a second and he starts to think hey i can do that too i'm better than this loser over here with the lisp and I, i i think he like goes through that journey of like it's this transactional like nature of Yorgos' films of like I think I think in the beginning he's bereaved that his wife has left him and he's genuinely contemplating would I just be happier as a lobster. I think at some point he turns and he starts to question am I good enough to come out on top in this game that society has like placed me within. And I think in kind of the act of passion that occurs when she kills his brother and he traps her and turns her into an animal and then runs away out into the woods is is akin to like exploring alternative lifestyles. You know, I just think it's a journey. Like I think his own opinions about it are constantly changing throughout the film.
2: I agree with that. And I also, but I also think there are plenty of deviations that you can point to. I mean, for- for well, you know, one of the more one of the more interesting, I think, scenes is when the loners led by Lea Sido, they um, plan this like attack at the hotel where they're going to kind of um, put in front of the faces of everyone. What a lie. They're mm-hmm. living what a lie. This what a, what a, the, the, the construct behind the behind these fake romances or whatever fake fake relationships and and one way the most powerful way i thought it was demonstrated was through the hotel manager and the hotel manager's wife when he in that scene basically um he taught uh the hotel manager's wife olivia um what's her name olivia coleman
0: olivia coleman
2: Coleman, is olivia coleman
0: is the dying girl yeah Olivia Cook is the dying girl. Olivia (laughs) Cook is the dying girl. Olivia (laughs) Coleman is. (laughs) Olivia Coleman is queen and the. Yes, this is Olivia Coleman, national treasure.
3: So
2: she's basically she's tied up, taken hostage, and the loners ask the hotel manager, um, on a scale from one to fifteen, how much do you love your wife? And he says fourteen, which, first of all, is like the idea of
1: it makes me laugh i yeah, mean exactly 14.
2: like that That yeah. that's just, like a decision like that's like another example of like an absurd de- like decision to like say that like why would you ever why not just say 15 you know um but anyway and then the next thing that they say is who can she survive alone and he says she can't survive alone i can and then she's he's given a gun to shoot her since she can't, since he can survive alone. And so um, the point, basically suggesting that the point of this hostage is to like turn him into a loner. um, And like, that's the only way out or whatever. And instead Mm -hmm. he shoots and there's no, there's no bullet in the gun. And so he's basically just, they've ruined, permanently ruined any kind of foundation that relationship was on. Um, And like, similarly, when you go to like the the yacht with Ben Wishaw and um the nose girl, um when when Colin Farrell tries to disillusion the family that, you know, he's that um so Ben Wishaw in order to get together with this woman, um, who has constant no- nosebleeds, that's it's Jessica
1: she-
0: Barden, right? It's Jessica <laughs> Barden. Like, let's yeah. be so respectful to Jessica Barden. She's I'm a great
2: so sorry. but her her, her her name is literally <laughs> yeah.
1: Nosebleeds- her name's Nosebleeding <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but Jessica Barden, um, actually gets nosebleeds, and Ben Wishaw, in order to escape, um, ter- being turned into a an animal, um, bangs has had constantly. Onto hard surfaces in order to get a nosebleed, or he fakes, you know, or he like puts ketchup down his nose or something. Um, he's and so good in this movie. yeah, I know it's amazing, yeah. he's amazing. But, um, the point the being best. that when Colin so reveals, you know, this that Ben Wishaw doesn't actually get nosebleeds, he's just laughed away, like he's rejected from this yacht. That there's no mm-hmm. like, there's no like suggestion that. They're going to break up. They're actually all three of them, including the adopt the the child that they were given to solve their problems. You know, their reaction is like, "Kill him."
1: That's what's making me laugh. The yeah. little girl hands him the, the, the knife. She's yeah, like, "Dad, kill him."
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and they they are all turn against Colin Farrell. Not and again, the, this is like these little moments of I feel like all of those little deviations like, the way that the hotel manager reacts versus the way that Jessica Barden reacts are, like, interesting um, deviations, I think, that are, are kind of set up all along the movie, um, including, like, Ariana Labide, who plays the maid who's actually in service of the loner, but also doesn't want to be in this, doesn't want to play this, like, insider of at the hotel, because she has to be with a dentist who, like, asks her if she flosses her teeth every night, um, you know, and... Um, yeah, and and similarly,
0: it is interesting that you know I read a bunch of interviews with Yorgos from when this movie came out, and he basically just said very the obvious read of this movie that he's just like I feel like society like pressures us into being in a relationship and doesn't like single people, blah 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 blah. Um, but I do find this movie is like almost violently like anti romance that that at the end of the day, I don't think it actually sees any path no one ever seems to be actually romantically interested in anyone else everyone's just lying even the people who claim they aren't lying are lying And i do think there's probably something there that the one person in the whole movie who is dissatisfied with the structure in toto as opposed to just trying to find their place in it is played by yorgos's wife
3: yeah that that she's that
0: she's the one person he gives the little grace of being like she's the only one who seems actually wants to escape any degree of this, as opposed to just moving to a different position in the society.
1: Can I, which she probably had to do, snuggy all that? Can <laughs> make I a make a case for the I think grand statement of this film of, as you say, being like violently opposed to just the idea of romance in general. Yes. That like the one piece of irony I think is that David actually genuinely is in love with the Well, that,
2: Weiss I character. think that that's stupid I but don't. I think that the, Well I've gotta say that the one uh, of the Can most, I
1: make a case for it?
2: Wait, can I yeah can I, can I make a case against Rachel Weiss who says, Why did you blind me? Why did no, you No 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 him. and I think that that is like was one of the most cynical like I, I it's almost like I only heard it this time watching it and it just broke down everything it broke down that entire relationship for me and I do believe that the only person who is actually genuine is Colin Farrell even though he's similarly heartless and like watched the butter biscuit woman commit suicide from floor one and like or like convince John C. Riley that he was his best friend forever in order to survive like there are Hi.
1: I think that's the turnkey. I think that thing you just mentioned is the turnkey. And that's why, because it is clearly, I think, I think it is, it is very clear to any of the observers that the reason David gravitates towards Rachel Weiss is because he learns that she is Mm short-sighted. So what, what, what is done to break up this relationship? There's nothing that's done against David because Rachel Vice's attraction to him is almost just him being there. It's not but... necessarily it's not necessarily the shared trait. In order to break up their relationship, they have to eradicate Rachel Vice's nearsightedness. But it doesn't work. David's still in love with her, even when her nearsightedness is taken away. It's the it becomes the question of is Rachel Vice actually in love with him or not? Well, she the thing you have to remember about.
0: Rachel Weisz's side of that relationship is that she's the narrator of the movie, which means she is the only person who tells us, the audience, how she feels about another character in this movie as opposed to telling the people around her how she feels about a character. Because we get her direct narration of, and then I saw him and I couldn't stop thinking about him. And that to me has an earnestness that nothing that Colin does has where it feels to me like Colin is not so much in love with her as he is still playing the game. Yeah. And the game is that they have to have a similarity. Mm-hmm. And that is true. The game is that he ultimately doesn't want to be alone.
1: Right. But but the, like, but, the but the, but that's the thing It's like, but he doesn't want to be simila- alone, Once the similarity I is taken think, away, he's still invested In them being together. But but, but what does he... He picks a lobster. And why does he pick a lobster?
2: Because they can live forever. They remain fertile forever. For at least 100 years. There we
0: go. That's that's the key of it, right? Is that he he picks a lobster because the lobster is the animal that is going to maximize the opportunities he has to mate. Right? Like, to some degree, I think. And that's why I don't think there's any romance here. Because he's... I think at the end of the day, he's desperate to be partnered. And his his fleeing from, which I think is, I guess, central to this read of his character, but also I think dramatically uninteresting. His fleeing from the hotel has nothing to do with, like, an act of rebellion in his part. Oh, no, it's strictly yeah. self-preservation. He would go back to the hotel if he could. because it's it's he, he goes just back to the me- hotel, they kill him
1: he misread his own ability to like keep control of the situation that he But he's also
0: into. the yeah. only person who comes to the hotel with someone because he brings well, his brother. He's never alone. Right. Yeah. Right.
2: And I also, to that, to that point, I think another thing that's interesting is that he also, um, Oh fuck. I had it in a second. I, I do think that there are moments where he like tries to be affectionate towards the cold hearted woman there. Every time before they go to sleep, he kind of, goes to cuddle up and then remembers he's not supposed to cuddle up with her or like when he's like having sex with her he makes a noise of enjoyment and she's like what did you say something what would you what did you just say um you know and like I think that there are you know I think the most tender moments in this entire movie are like when they're both listening synchronized to a song and dancing together in the woods or like when they're doing their like little codes where and like (laughs) you know, throwing leaves behind her head to say something to call. It. I mean, those are the those those moments are. And maybe also when they're at the um, at the Lisa parents house. And, and he says, I love my wife. But even if we didn't have four kids, I would love my wife. And I would take her to No and like, <laughs> it, yeah. And
1: I it's think how excited he gets so excited to say stuff like that. Like he's just been waiting for the opportunity to say stuff like that again. It yeah. is. Part just the childlike th- like whimsicality oh, of the film it's like that is literally the way that like when there are second graders who are like pretending to date each other like that is literally the way that they act you know what I mean. There's
0: that the bit where they're at last to do his parents' house and they can't stop kissing. Yeah, right. right? That's
2: the second time they go, the
0: second time they go, they just like can't take their hands off each other. And this is the other thing is that his his greatest grievance he expresses um, at. Uh, the the hotel is that they do this strange ritual which the the staff insists is psychologically <laughs> beneficial which is that the the hotel staff dry humps them but doesn't let them come right and that seems to be his greatest frustration is that he can't nut yeah this whole Movie and when he is with when he does finally manage to get legitimately paired up with someone, right? Like even then, when he's having sex with the cold-hearted woman, she's the one who wants the sex to be more intimate, right? He just wants to fucking pound away at her,
2: and she wants to look
1: and she wants to look into turn the light on and and
2: turn the light on. I would say that her motivation there is not for intimacy; it's for lying, acting lying. I mean, or might be
0: true. That might be true. Yes.
2: You can read it either way, but this time, the time I read it, I saw, I felt like her desire to look at him happened after he made that noise and she wanted to see his face. This,
1: this almost true. everything she does is to see if this he has true. any emotion whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, this is true.
2: But I get what you're saying. I mean, that, yeah. that would, in another world, that'd be awesome.
1: I was going to say the moment that I thought you were going to to single out that is like almost unbearable for me in a heartbreaking way is at the end when he wants what I assume he wants to tell her is like I love you despite of this and we need to run away together but he doesn't have the words to say it because nobody in the society has like the use the like a verbose use of language so he has to use the like made up sign language but she can't see him so he has to like to spell describe. it out to her of like I look at the ground I squat down I look up I it's turn my head so... to the left yeah
0: Interesting nah. because I was having the same thought while watching that this time, and I was you know the thought I had watching this time is this is the sort of thing I should find incredibly romantic because I find stuff like that incredibly romantic in movies, and I don't find this.
1: I find like I don't find it romantic. I find it like I find it, but, ro- but I should in, like, find how it pathetic romantic. It is it's, almost, like
0: it. The, the, yeah. If someone in a movie goes to, like, extreme, like, bizarre length to say I love you without saying I love you, I tend to, like, collapse into a puddle. Um, like, but the they... fucking coin okay. at the end of Only Angels Have Wings is what I think of always. But I watch this, and I'm like, this doesn't land to me because the movie's so acerbic that I don't well, think I buy that there's any affection well, at any point. The yeah, movie well, you're...
2: I Love You, though. I just want to state for the record that... Sure. So, like, when they get when Jessica Pardon and Ben Wishaw get get um, paired up, they're introduced as they met two days ago and they're very much in love. And like they and yeah. they like yeah, I mean like sure. they. I mean, I, I just to say that like again, it's like everything that they say is like n- implied by the tyranny, the tyrannical people that are. I guess I just just I guess I'm gonna stop talking, but I was just trying to no. say that like. Honor when you're saying they don't have a language. They don't have the language if it's not imposed upon them.
1: This to... is... I think I think they literally don't have the language in the sense that like he he needs to say more he can't use those words that have already been used because they're meaningless now yes because like of of what you're talking about of like in that environment when ben winshaw and jessica barden are paired up and they're like they're very much in love because they're saying that then to say i'm in love with you doesn't mean anything so then he has to use this like new language that they've made up but then she can't she it doesn't work because she can't see it anymore it's a visual language and he's just saying stuff to her He's well, just, she got her it, it swings. Yeah, it, it, it's like it the pendulum, transit. the pendulum from the end of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, when they're listening to the to the symphony at the end mm-hmm. of the movie, and they look at each other. It like swings for me, complete to the opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum, as far as you could go. Into like, this is just so sad that that this is a man who wants to love, and the world has like I... taken away the opportunity for it to be real. I, w- I wish i was getting that from this
0: buddy i truly do because th- i'm I'm catnip for stuff like that. maybe i'm just reading into it no, i don't it's...
3: know
2: i think you're i think that's on point i also think that like she says she's taken her breath is taken away when she says are are you really willing to do that for me yeah like, she's so shocked that he would do that for her um is like her reaction and there's there is like uh her voice for some reason in that moment is not monotonous it's it's quavering, right? Um, but I, I also think that this movie is so aggressive about selfishness and vanity and putting yourself first, and so many backstabbing moments that it's so difficult to even have to even cherish those few romantic moments because you're so soured already. I don't but know. But it was- also
3: like
1: it contextualizes. It contextualizes selfishness in such a funny way to me. That's like, there are multiple, there's at least two. There's at least two instances where, because cause with David, with Colin Farrell himself, and the parents of the Ben Winshaw character, they're both in situations where the one of the people in the partnership was left for somebody else who shared the same defining trait, but maybe had like a more extreme version of the defining trait. So like like David's defining trait is that he's nearsighted and he takes it so seriously that he won't, he won't wear contacts because he like needs the world to know that he's nearsighted. But he has this like constant anxiety of someone being more nearsighted than him, but Uh, concealing it through the use of contacts like he has this pervading anxiety hanging over him that like any man he interacts with might be more nearsighted than he is but he doesn't know because they could be wearing contacts which will make them in his mind more attractive to a woman who is also nearsighted and then with ben winshaw's parents it's like they they've they've coded they've coded these like selfish betrayals of romance as to being like well, my father must, must have left my mother for somebody who had a graduate degree in mathematics because their oh. defining trait was mathematics, and my mom only had an undergraduate degree mm-hmm. in mathematics. So it must have been so it has nothing to do with like what probably happened, which is like but, the person got seduced and <laughs> decided to like. But jump also, ship but but but
3: given
0: harder. what we see in this movie, that is in fact probably what happened though, is that they found the better defining trait. I think we don't we don't see anyone make decisions beyond that logic.
1: No, I think they do. I think the I think the defining trait I think the key of the movie is that the defining trait aids as like I'm saying, it's like they're using they're using these coded systems to just end up to just eventually end up enacting the thing that they want to do anyway, which is like, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. So I'm using the the idea of the defining trait to like bar this from even being a possibility that can happen or like i do want to be in a relationship with you so i'll i'll accept the fact that your use of the defining trait isn't real and you're just bashing your head into the table to give yourself a bloody nose but like i actually do want to be in this relationship so i'll i'll just accept that your use of the defining trait is as viable as, like, the truth of the defining trait as it is. I think, like, what they're doing is they're just using the constructs of the system to, like, ultimately, like, enact what they want to do anyways, if that makes sense.
0: I I, I think...
1: But the system my... itself... I think the system itself is, like, so barbaric that, like, it has enforced upon these people, like, a certain way of navigating throughout the world, which is why David can only think in terms of the define like the world has imposed upon him the the way the apparatus of the defining trait so like that's the only way in which he can make sense of what's going on
2: well he can only I mean that's the only way they can actually legally share a marriage certificate which people are going to be looking at like he he's totally open to having other defining characteristics he knows german he knows how to play the piano he knows he knows he likes blackberries and and blueberries and raspberries like there are other defining characteristics he can he is open to and willing to like share with her i do think within the world they're forced to like to put it down to some first cause or like there has to be something legally recognizable to 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 legitimate their marriage i I think in
1: my interpretation like if somebody if his wife is leaving him for another man there's probably like an actual romantic reason why she's leaving him for the other man but they're just coding it in these terms of like he's more short-sightedness than than he is
0: this this is i think my big my big hang up with this movie is I don't actually think there's an, any greater emotional truth to anything they are saying. I think this movie is strictly operating on the level of metaphor. And this is why I kind of like called back to, you know, absurdist theater. And I think Lanthimos' is like roots in absurdist theater, when I feel this connection to your Ionescos and your Beckett's, is there's that same idea of like, the meaningless of the thing has some sort of derived meaning that we can derive from it, but it doesn't have any derived meaning for the people. It yeah. is just a thing that they are doing in the play, right? Where where the meaninglessness is almost the function of it. They aren't using it to mask anything because they aren't real people. They're well, an idea. I don't think they're
1: consciously doing it. I think they're just. I don't.
0: They're not real people, though. Playing a right? part of like, the They're not real people. I don't think the movie is under the illusion of the real people. I think it's the movie is under the illusion that they are ideas play acting other ideas.
1: I just think the magic and of the lobster It's strictly intellectual
0: exercise for me.
1: I think the magic of the lobster and why it's probably my favorite Lanthimos film is that when you have actors like Colin Farrell and Ben Winshaw and Rachel. It's Whishaw. there's no N in his name. Is <laughs> it not Winshaw it's Wishaw? It's, it's just Wishaw. <laughs> it's Wish. Or is it wait it's Whishaw, right? There's an H in there, right? Yeah. Am I crazy? There's like a, th- no, there's it's a made, double H there's it's there. double H, right? There's an H in there. W H yeah, that's Whishaw. Ben Wishaw. When when you have actors the like best. Ben Wishaw and Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz, like I'm sorry, they breathe the thing that added dimensionality to it that someone like Gerard Carmichael is just like incapable of doing.
2: I honestly agree with you, Connor, because I think also like there are too many deviations from that real world to make it totally heartless. Like the woman with butter biscuits killing herself is yeah. like. It's is an uh, example of defiance that like you know anyone could have taken that road but it's just oh, the
1: fact that he cries she when his daughter die? gets yes. killed. Yeah. Oh,
2: do they what? even make it clear that she dies? No. Oh yes, they do. No, with Butter Biscuit Girl? No, because she jumps
1: a- off the first floor.
2: There's a whole scene where she's going, uh uh like But, the but do they and-
0: make it clear that she dies? Or does she just so. jump? This is my right. point, is that yeah. she makes a whole point. She even says, like, Jumping out of my room is going to be pointless because I'm on the first floor. I need to find a different room. And then she jumps from that room anyway. Like that's barely even an act of defiance. That's an act of desperation, but it's an act of meaningless desperation that she earlier in the movie outlines is going to be meaningless because she's not jumping from a high enough height.
2: Oh, I see like, okay, great. Is, I the, the that. movie
0: the movie lays she sits down and she like talks you through this 10 minutes before she does the deed that she's like doing something pointless just to like draw people's attention to her that's why I don't read it it's like an act of defiance
2: okay I would say you're right it's not an act of defiance it's yeah. that act of desperation I completely agree yeah. but I certainly don't think my thought was like oh she can't get access to any other fucking floor because she lives in this like fascist sure. hotel sure. I mean, then that, and I didn't think of it past that because it was, it did hit me as so dark and sad. And like, I think that, you know, there's a scene where they, when Shanti when Ra is like, we should all be parrots. Let's be parrot friends together. And Ben Wishaw is like, you're an idiot. You're pathetic. You chose the one animal that can talk <laughs>
3: yeah. and you'll have a list
2: and you have a speech impediment or whatever. Like there are just these moments of like,
1: but is that not I think the reason why he <laughs> wants to be a parrot? Cuz he's what? like convinced I think he's convinced himself that he wouldn't have the lisp if he was a parrot.
2: Oh, I didn't even think about it that deeply. <laughs> I just thought that was I just thought I that, think, that yeah. those moments are what are like the, the like necessary aspects that give it any kind of emotion that feels real there's like when they're when they're trying to beat each other up or like you know in yeah. the most pathetic way and and then you know the hotel being like there's a reason why these star these like these uh targets are single people or like are, are yeah. what did they say yeah i just oh, i think
1: <laughs> with the dark yeah. gun yeah yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> they're like, they're shoot they're doing shooting practice and like he says to ben job, um as you know this
1: like, movie's <laughs> really funny I really think it's funny,
0: funny but it's okay. Yeah. But
2: like to, to to break to
0: break that joke down, though, is like he says there's a reason the targets are single people and not couples, right? Yeah, but that's it's not. not a, oh, I then, think that's, that's what
1: makes it so funny. If, that, to me, it, it, like, if
0: that's if that's what he says, like if that's not what he literally says, that's what he's implying, right? Is that right, right. you're not doing target practice on two people? Yeah,
2: yeah. Or but, like, or like if you if you walk alone, if you walk around alone, you'll get raped. And if you eat dinner alone, you'll choke. But- That's that.
0: very funny. But the, 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 the fucking, the I, guy standing there being so grumpy, he can't rape her, is yeah, the but... funniest joke in this movie. Doesn't actor.
1: he have his hands in his pockets? He has like his he hands like, in his of, pockets. Like, he like scrubs his box, up yeah. his shoulders a little bit. It's so funny. He barely
0: does anything. Do, you, do
2: you when he does something, he just drops his pants. But and yeah. the- when they
0: do the second, the second. Oh, so, I see, I see. if yeah. you haven't seen this movie. The, the, the hospital staff enacts, like, little plays <laughs> Just, as to why um, it's better to be a couple. And one of okay. the plays is a woman walks, like, across oh. the stage alone, and then another actor kind of boredly, like, drops his pants and walks behind her and play acts raping her. And then they reset and she walks with another guy, and the actor who played the rapist just makes like a Charlie Brown grumpy face, and it's it's the funniest joke in this movie. I'm I would sorry, say making I a
3: grumpy like, face.
2: I, I, I think he's, he's making a grumpy face. face, But I I, 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 I think... read
0: it as like a bit of a Charlie Brown like hands That's in his a... pockets grumpy thing. I think it's um,
1: interesting that like this this movie, and when you read interviews with Yorgos from the time uh, when the the film was released, he's talking a lot about how uh it it is it is like a it is like a mode of behavior that society kind of like dictates on people maybe not as in reality not as upfront as it is in the film obviously but like the fact that people who are single past a certain age it's perceived that there's something wrong with them and that is the reason why they are single and people who are in a relationship like that is the status quo that society is trying to to uh obtain of like everybody being paired up perfectly with each other in like symbiosis in that way and i think it's interesting that like you can apply that type of thinking of society of traditional societal values and how that applies to other behavior that people have and then how there's also this like entire mode of educational propaganda that has to be employed to like show people why one way of living is right and why the other way of living is wrong or dangerous do you have something to be
2: fair being a woman walking alone around new york city is more dangerous oh yeah
1: of course and
2: like that's and that's an interesting that was what struck me so interesting is that like when a man or like i've noticed this in in terms of like you know just again like i have my age makes a difference and like you know, where I walk, I guess makes a difference and what time it, but it really actually is dangerous. And it doesn't really matter whether you're partnered or not. That that shouldn't happen, period. Yeah. And at the same time, and like that is a legitimate, interesting thing to think about in, in the, the world of I think in the world of the hotel. And then at the same time, a man walking with a woman usually draws more attention. Or so my you know, my boyfriend has noticed That when we walk down the street together, people are more likely to look at him than when he walks down the street alone because he's with someone else, because he's with me. Um, And whereas I notice that no one looks at me when I walk down the street, when I'm with a partner. And that in a a different way, because when I walk alone, I do feel like I need to be protected. I need to protect myself. I need to keep my eyes out on who's looking at me. And I will get more like lecherous eyes than anything I would get if I was with him. And I do think so. Like, and that's hetero. like that would be different if it was probably a woman walking with me anyway we don't even have to get into that but i'm just saying that there is a there is a way in which society does dictate these kinds of things
1: i mean yeah but it's like within the world of the film it's this educational thing of like but it also has the context of like this is the behavior of boys and it's the coupling that prevents this behavior from from taking place in real life yeah i
2: don't think we tell it any better in real life
1: Oh, how do I wanna how do I wanna say this?
3: Yeah. I mean I, like I
0: think
2: <laughs> I'm not trying my, to say that no, this is what Yorgos is talking about. No, I'm just but,
0: but I no, I think I think my my broader issues with Yorgos' is satire, which I think is is rooted in the fact that he so often says this is a movie about how society thinks you're better if you're partnered, and he went and then made a movie that is literally about society literally thinking you're better if you're partnered which is very very clever like one-upsmanship of the real world analogy there yorgos right you're just you're you're literally laying it out is like mr lanthimos sir we are social animals like the there were thousands of years of biological reasons Be, before right. you even get to the cultural ones right. of why human beings as a creature are pack animals and that we do pay, we don't just pair up we group up and we're and and, and if you want to say like gender people who are loners are looked along as as lesser there's reasons for that beyond the, like, immediate and the cultural that I think this movie is disinterested in, which is weird because it's a movie about people turning into animals. Like, he he seems like he's coming around back to this almost, like, base biological understanding from the other end and therefore not making the connection between the animalistic, like, roots of these people and... The animalistic roots of the demands being asked on these people.
1: I, I think, think he's like, just trying I'm, to. Sorry, I'm he's including
2: that because I because these are the questions that I asked myself watching this movie. Yeah. One of the things I asked myself watching this movie is, well, it is so fucking. I'm sorry, it is so unfair that evolutionarily speaking, I have a body that needs yes. that is is programmed to need someone to protect me. Yes, versus in order to like. Sp- sp- in order to pass along my dna which is uh, the purpose of my existence right and as a it, like if we're talking you know evolutionarily speaking and whereas a, a man regardless of their sexual preference is created to spread their dna to multiple partners because that's the most efficient way of 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 keeping his race alive and i think that is one of the most frustrating aspects of existence because that like you can't fight that is unfightable you know it's not that it's true no matter what but it is like something that I think about when I'm like I'm a fucking woman and I don't love that
1: what I think Yorgos is doing though is he's trying to explicate how these beliefs and these ideas, no matter how valid or true they exist in nature, and how uh, uh, regimented they have become due to like generations, and generations of evolutionary biology, is that like even if you, if you take a very basic idea that is is very real and and existing and true, you can build like a fascistic societal structure on top of that that uses that very basic truth in order to justify a means to an end to like impose behavior upon the subjects of the people so like even though you have that idea of like maybe women are more at risk when they're walking down the street alone but if you use that idea to impose upon a society that all people have to be in a romantic partnership with each other and that if you're not you have 45 days to to conform to what we're asking of you, or else you'll get turned into an animal. Like that is more the idea of what he's exploring. It's like even I... these ideas of like these ideas of, uh, but just essentially like every fascistic society has started s- with some kind of some kind of idea that I appeals to basic humanity that gets people on board that makes people want to be a part of what's happening and that's yeah. how you end up with the normative and the heteronormative and and the the traditional and the and the values totally. that actually constrict people because of it
2: no i i completely agree and i i think that my point was more like this is what it makes me think about and i yeah, don't yeah. and and i think like at the very least Yorgos should be credited for like stimulating we're like creating something like this, regardless of how reductive it or how easy it is to reduce it to just like a simple or like what you were saying, Cole, about like it's just a movie about X, Y, or Z, uh, it's just a movie about how people are or sequel people are not valued in society, right? And making a movie that's about literally
0: that. what he said multiple no, and I, agree. Times. I, just,
2: yeah. I i wasn't trying to say, yeah, you're yeah. right. What Orgo said, even if you take that for face value, it still makes me think about all of these True. things, it makes me think about um the mythology in American rom-coms about what you know about love and I like think that for me the first time I saw it was equating it less to my real real life than it was to like the way in which movies make love seem so easy but and so also like perfect and that perfect perfect harmony and perfect romance does not like perfect pairing does not exist yes and that i think was was like to me something that i really got out of um the movie when i first saw it rather than apply it to kind of like you know um than apply to like the way in which things work in real life it's like movies tell us a lot give us a lot of give us a lot, like we base a lot of our ideas about what's possible on media. And I think um, his like answer to rom-com romance and, prof- you know, Disney princesses and princes is, you know, could be seen as 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 the lobster. And I, and, you know, even if it's, makes me feel like, I don't know. I just think that that's valid. And I think it's yeah. that that yeah. was, is something that if he can get people to see it, that's worthwhile.
1: I think, yeah, I think like if if what you're saying, like popular film for many people, what does it do? It kind of like discerns the syntax that we like understand society through. It like discerns the lens and and makes sense through. A lot of the Soviets like talked about just the act of editing as like a, mm-hmm. a form of cataloging of mm-hmm. like a form of, Making sense of society by making sense of time and space by cataloging things and and uh, uh, putting placing them within the context of each other. And if that is like what popular film does, then that's exactly what we're talking about here. That's why that's why it's so difficult if you're coming from that basis of movie watching to entering this world and all the characters talk like they're basically just explicating facebook status updates right. from 2015 instead wow. of like actually having like real conversations with each other. Like the girl with the nosebleed when she's dancing with Colin Farrell, she just starts listing off like a wikipedia page like all I'll of the remedies that get, get lied like out of garments and stuff like that. And it, it, and that does not read as normal if you're used to watching regular films because it's it's it, this film is acting with outside of that societal normativity that that not only that films like enact upon but are actually kind of the enforcer of like placing upon society it's, it's so yeah. funny i i was so not struck
0: by that sort of like odd stilted like anti-human dialogue in this movie and i think it's because even though i haven't seen the movie in forever he just cranks that up so much in Killing of a Sacred Deer
3: yeah, that yeah. I
0: watched this and I'm like, oh, this is ordinary.
3: That's I
1: think him cranking it up. I think him cranking it up and Killing of a Sacred Deer made me understand the lobster better. like I saw Killing of a Sacred Deer and I was like, oh, I now better understand the way Yorgos Lanthimos like sees the world and sees his own projects because it's it's like to an nth degree in Killing of a Sacred yeah. Deer more oh, and God. You
3: get into it's exhausting
1: we're gonna talk we're gonna
0: talk about it
2: but yeah I it's mean, hard I, not
0: to talk about these two movies in conversation with each other though
1: Jennifer, yeah. yeah. do you like uh colin farrell
2: i love colin farrell i think he's amazing
1: do you have like a first memory of colin farrell like a first movie that you remember seeing him in I think this is an important thing for us to always, like, go over with our guests. Bad, we've, we've gotten bad about asking people this, Especially right. as we get deeper into, like, we are now kind of in the third act of his career.
0: This like, starts the third act.
1: I would argue that last week does. And you and, and I made my I have, case. I have thought about it more. I've thought about it more. And I do feel like I need to do some old business here. And I, I've come to the conclusion that Miss Julie is a good film and Miss Julie is a bad movie he's tremendous in it it's Genevieve, a good film first, and he is tremendous in he's it. so good at it Jennifer, first call yeah. it phone booth yes oh yes yes yes, yes. wow yes. you're a real yes. one
2: and uh like back
1: when or after like years after it came out no
2: no i when? saw it when it came out oh i remember it and i remember you would have been
3: young because you're studying
2: been... The sweaty, the sweatiness <laughs> of him and that in that
3: movie.
2: The, yeah. And him just like, yeah, just being like a disgusting slime ball. And I think, you know, that meshed really well with his public persona, perhaps, um, or like it played to ca- his character. But um, I, what I remember of Colin Farrell is his long hair, his sweaty face a purple iridescent t-shirt or like button down and um a
1: very expensive and, italian suit according to the costume yeah, right.
3: <laughs> and him stuck yeah. in a
2: phone booth and uh feeling kind of scared and also like he's a hero like those are my general memories remember- and I, how old was i when that came out i mean that's I probably like 11. that was 2003 <laughs>
1: 2002 oh, only... yeah did you go through the roller coaster of like At one point thinking, oh, this is actually a pretty mediocre actor who's only in bad films, because I think that's like another thing that uh, as one of our more recent guests, Charlie said, like their partner walked in while we were watching a movie. It was a bad movie the one that we were watching and their partner just said, oh, this guy, he brings a certain energy, doesn't he? And that's mostly based off of the Colin run between like 2009 and 2012
2: or 2013. To be perfectly honest, yeah. I I've never been someone who likes to read tabloids. That's I'm fair. not, I'm not someone who likes to, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it it always felt really invasive and gross to read. My mom loved the Inquirer. Sorry, mom. But like that felt so, it doesn't feel interesting to me.
3: Yeah. Um, uh,
2: and so I would not know any of the context. Like I I, I wouldn't know that Colin Farrell was like a partier and that definitely didn't influence. I didn't realize also what a big star he was or why, because I wasn't charting his like downfall, yeah. like his. So I, you know, I, I just knew that I, I knew who he was and that he was attractive and that, you know, I had seen him in this one action movie from back in the day. You know, and then, but I think when I saw him in the Lobster, I probably hadn't seen him in a movie in a while, and I was like, "Yeah, I like this guy."
1: I think that's most. Well, this is this is most. I him. think most people's
0: yeah. thing because. for and Charlie's for partners They're um, really bad. <laughs> it, for 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 context, that, yeah, sorry. Genevieve.
2: Tell me, tell me.
0: Colin Farrell is this young hot thing, right? Comes onto the scene, does a bunch of big studio movies because he's so beautiful most of them don't land uh he kind of builds to this point where he has these like three huge colossal disasters in a row like three mm-hmm. mega bombs in a row um and then basically right after that he goes away from a little while and then he comes back and he's in in Bruges. and everyone's like oh holy shit Colin Farrell's a real actor. That's two.
3: Great.
0: That's 2008. This is 2015. Those seven years are the fucking wilderness for him. He has like a brief surge in 2011 where he's in like high-profile movies, but they don't do very well. But it's basically, Night
1: Remake, Remake, Total and, uh, Recall, and, uh, Horrible
0: boxes Basically, so, uh, you say you hadn't thought about Colin Farrell. When this movie came out for a while, it's because his career has been in the dumps. The lead roles yeah. are in movies that no one sees. If he's in a higher profile movie, it's a smaller role, and that movie still probably underperforms. Right? Like he's he is he broke a fucking mirror or something. He was not yeah. supposed to be in this movie. Really? He, he is a last second replacement. Who do was you supposed? Know? To play Connor? No. Do you know? I don't know. Okay. Who's he replacing he comes in to fill in an actor who I think makes perfect sense not for this role but for this era. Uh, Jason Clark dropped out of this movie
3: because much, this is he's too much, of, the, a he's is too is much
0: of a cuck. This is the period where they're really trying to make Jason Clark a big leading
1: man. <laughs> Boy, I don't want to off steal of that Zero joke. Dark 30. But that's hard. That's oh. hard. Yeah. I am
2: so glad he didn't get cast Oh this my god yeah but so like It's just the scariest face I've ever seen
0: <laughs> It's not like He's so fucking good in Oppenheimer man
3: He's hey. so fucking good in Oppenheimer
0: <laughs> Um, I'm gonna make Connor watch Serenity On this podcast one day Kicking and screaming and we can talk about his Fucking Should insane we do the Jason model. Clark season
2: Jason Clark is so scary I, I All I can think about is him in Mudbound Or no wait is that right?
0: He yeah, he's, yep, he's a yeah, Mudbound. Yeah. He's very
1: scary in okay. Mudbound.
2: Yeah, that's we'd have
1: to watch a uh, winning time though. Boo, boo. Ugh. Yeah, you feel it. Like um, we have to watch
0: the fucking Devil All the Time and the Pet Cemetery remake. That's my boo right there. He's he also, in, Win- like, he's in Wind. He's in Wind River back. too. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, he's in Wind I mean, River too.
1: Oh, the oh. Devil All the Time is the Tom Holland and oh, oh
0: that movie's guy. so fucking bad.
1: See, whenever you, whenever anybody says the title of that movie, I think of um the devil. Is it the devil always? Is that the Brissand?
0: What's the devil I always?
1: I think there's a Brisson film called the devil. Yes, there is the a devil Brisson film Probably. called it- the devil. The devil Probably. Probably yes. Yeah, yeah. And I always think of that, and then I always get confused because I don't know what people are talking about, and then I have to remind myself that this movie came out in like 2020.
0: No, but yeah, Jason Clark was supposed to do it. And also I believe it was supposed to be Elizabeth Olsen instead of Rachel Weiss. which that's it. Sure. I like Jason Clark. I think he is like incredibly wrong for this role. Yeah. R- yeah. Rachel Weiss over, over Elizabeth Olsen is like the upgrade of the millennium. I'm it's sorry, not- Elizabeth <laughs> Olsen. <laughs> this Great.
1: is like almost the perfect – it's weird because it's such an unusual use of Calm Farrell and he's gained weight and –
2: It wasn't uh... usual. Now it doesn't feel like but he's he's the replacement,
0: right? It's like he's someone you can get for cheap. They're shooting in Ireland. Like I I have nothing to back up my theory that they went with Colin Farrell because he was available, other than that everything seems to be pointing to they went to Colin Farrell because it wasn't available. But sometimes that works out for everyone involved.
1: Well right. my guess my guess is that it's it these it's never spoken about in the context of these films. And I feel this way about Miss Julie also because they were yes. shot in Ireland with the cooperation of the Irish film board. That he must have been a, there had to have been some kind of incentive for him or another Irish actor, but it just ended up being him to be involved yes. with these films because there are not other Irish actors. I mean there there are Irish actors in this film, but none of the main speaking parts are other Irish actors.
0: Um, I also, reading between the lines from interviews he gave promoting this movie, it does seem like he fought really hard to get this part, which less so because that he thought it was like the right career move and more so because he loved Dogtooth and loved the script. And just really wanted to do this movie. So yeah, I so good I totally see the scenario of the, the guy they wanted drops out. There's area. this other guy who still probably is like hanging on to the last scraps yeah, I... of being a name. And really wants to fucking do the movie. And, and maybe there's some tax benefit from casting an Irish lead in a movie that's shot in Ireland. Like, <laughs> everything does kind of click. But this...
1: I know you hate it, but the fact that he was starring in a film directed by Lee Volman also probably helped. It's just not good. It probably helped his case in getting cast in this. I think because that film had not yet been released when he was cast in The Lobster.
0: But I think so many people's response to seeing Colin Farrell in this movie is. Holy shit, Colin Farrell. I really do feel like that is the big takeaway Absolutely. people have. And it's it's two things. One, it's the physical transformation. Yeah. Because the last time anyone had really seen him in a movie was three years earlier in Total Recall, where he looks like young, hot Colin Farrell kind of gone to seed. Right? It's like Total they're Recall still trying.
1: after Friday night?
0: It's after Friday
1: It's after Friday
0: night. Yeah. You just don't remember that movie because. You can't remember that movie. But so first of all, in he stopped trying to look young and has gained 40 pounds. So he shows up in this movie. It's the highest profile movie he's done in years. And he looks so radically different that yeah. everyone's like, holy shit. And then he is so next level insanely funny in this movie that i do think it ends up being a repeat of the in bruce thing where he's so funny and in bruce that it made people sit up and take notice that it is like you kind of have to go away to come back you know and like that colin ferrell gets to surprise people again i think is so key to how this movie is received by audiences As like a Wes Anderson adjacent comedy, which is what most critics like discussed it as. Wow, I just think like it's not uh, not. It's not not Andersonian Genevieve. (laughs) Léa Seydoux's in it, you know, like.
1: I think even not as good as uh, Wes, but even considering like how, how how the toxicity of the. I don't know societal politics, whatever you want to call it. Like, even considering that within this film, he's playing, <laughs> he's he's playing such like just an inherently likable sweetheart. Even though he's yes. like unconcerned with this woman who's jumped out of the window trying to kill herself, he he plays such like a naive, childlike, yes, dare I say, imbecile, <laughs> who is just trying to make his way through this this crazy endeavor and journey that he's been thrust onto. And I just think about at the, at the end of the film when he's living in the loner society and the woman who was the maid within the hotel is telling him the story about how her dentist husband
3: uh, wanted to
1: look into her mouth and she shoved the, the drill into his stomach to kill him. And (laughs) it it is literally the most interesting story that's told in the movie. And Colin's just staring at Rachel Vice, and he goes, that's really interesting, but uh, I have to go do something over there, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll go
0: talk to you later. I love some batteries. I love yeah. some batteries. Yeah, oh I love I some
1: batteries that. over there, yeah. And, and just how...
2: My batteries be gone.
1: <laughs> just how easily he comes across as as that kind of, like, that little kid that you're just hoping will figure it all out, even though you know he's not going yeah. to. And that's oh. something that I don't think Jason Clark would have been capable no. of doing. In the-
3: oh, my hell no. Yeah.
2: To to your point about the butter biscuits, he also after she tells him she's gonna commit suicide if if she doesn't like tomorrow or whatever when she does if she doesn't find the right mate, he's praising himself for the fact that he came up with the best excuse ever to not <laughs> go for a walk with her and Bob. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he, he like, he listens to what she's saying, he acknowledges it, and then he's like, and then he thinks about again how good his excuse was. Uh I forget, like, I want to go back to those, those lines, but yeah, like he, again, it's like, there's something so unfeeling about it, but it's also just like, about being a child, like, so just childish in the, like winning or like, um, coming up with a great excuse and being proud of yourself. It's a testament
1: it. to the, it's a testament to his skill that you could watch this movie and just watch Sonny fucking Crockett uh be sad and struggle to put pain cream on his shoulder and believe it
0: <laughs> there we, we before we started the recording we were talking about how there does seem to be this like fundamental decency to him as like a persona um mm-hmm. like beyond the, the acting and I I do think that at the at the crux to so many of the performance of his of his that have like landed with audiences whether they landed in, the moment or like we're later retrospectively, retrospectively appreciated, like something like vice um, is this idea of like this almost like bastion of, of, of goodness kind of battering up against the ugliness of the world that I do think people see this movie and they see that sort of like childish innocence, innocence, and like this like guy trying to grapple with the ugliness or everything around him. And I do think people are reminded of in Bruce. Right, that like you see that, and you think about in Bruges, you think about a home at the end of the world, and you think about I don't know what other performances that people like.
2: I mean, I I mean, YouTube, the Miami Vice, that is inherently like revisionism is in
1: full swing in 2015, right? That is inherently like at the center of phone booth when he takes the center of booth.
2: Oh, right, absolutely, yeah, yes.
1: The idea of like this sleazeball who deep down is like a good guy yeah. who cares about these, these women in his life and doesn't want anything bad to happen. But I them. think,
0: and I, and I do think, you know, I, I talked about how <laughs> this movie kind of gets screwed over by the weird delayed release of it. But weirdly, and we'll get into this more next week because I actually think next week is going to be maybe more the real like linchpin of the comeback and where it slots in. I do think this movie premiering getting a lot of good buzz, getting a lot of reviews for Colin, and then just quietly paying festivals for a year while True Detective happens is like weirdly the best thing that could have happened for him. Because it means that he, as a serious actor, spends a full year being in the spotlight. Yeah. Right? That like that's the one-two punch of these two things tells you that he's back. Spoiler And alert. that's why I ultimately think the The wasteland doesn't matter, Connor. And why I ultimately think <laughs> Miss Julie doesn't matter because Miss Julie doesn't lead to anything. And I think this leads to everything, even if it takes like two years to fully pay off by you know. the time he's in the fucking Harry
1: Potter movie. I have a take that I is yeah. deserving to be oh, talked about oh, next, not this week fantastic. that I'll relate to yeah. Miss. Julie. But yes. I do think there is a visible difference to I think maybe his process as an actor that you first see in Miss Julie. And that is why We me, got I don't want to get into this fight again. Man. I know. Okay. But I that is the reason why again. I think it's I a good I don't even point. know what
2: the fight is, but yeah, I will not sign off getting... if you guys want to keep talking about that. I mean no, I, no, no, I, I didn't no. go soon. No, 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 no. I didn't mean Do you
0: have that. to do you have to wrap up?
2: I mean, I, I have to wrap up. I want to talk more, but my okay. brain level is like I could stay up all night doing this. It's just my comments would get more rambling and less uh, coherent or to the point. So um, but I just first of all, like, thank you so much for having me on. Um, this was amazing. And I I've been hearing so much about this podcast, call from Connor. And I just I'm so glad that you guys are making it. And the topic is great and you guys are both great speakers.
0: Yeah, I, have, I mean, I- we could we could wrap up. Connor, unless like, I think all we would have left to do is just like talk about how much we like Ben Wishon passages and talk about how much <laughs> you like Je- Jessica Bardem and Hana. Awesome. But like, I do, I do want to ask both of you something though, before, before we end this, what animal would you want to be turned into? I think this That's is an the important most important question, question to land on.
1: It's the one I've been thinking Instead about. It, you're looking
0: sometimes. at me like you haven't thought about this, which is insane because I spent the entire movie thinking about this.
2: I couldn't even begin to think about living in a world in which that would be remotely possible. It's, t- it's death. Death is so scary. Just in. No, in, but you're not dying, I, but you are, if you're but an you're animal, not. like I.
1: <laughs> okay. I have a. I I think I have a pretty easy answer. Okay. Go for it. Cause I think when you're thinking about what kind of animal you want to be, You have to think about what life would be if you sapped yourself of all kind of logical reasoning skills and you just lived from impulse to impulse. I think for me, I'm not as good as adhering to this probably because uh, the industry I work in hates its employees and they make you work 12-hour workdays, and they try to kill you. Um, But I'm happiest when I'm eating a lot of protein and picking heavy things up and putting them back down. So okay. I'm just going to go with gorilla because I think that yeah. would probably be like the most fulfilling life for me to live. If that was what I did all day long.
0: Tortoise.
2: Tortoise. 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 Just like,
0: You're is... just fucking Do tortoises
1: liven? go in the water or is that no, turtle? They don't. That's turtle.
2: That's
3: amazing. turtles
0: go in the water. Tortoises is going to chill. That is find fine. Like a corner and just like chill for 200 years. It <laughs> <That> sounds so <laughs> because nice. lobsters live. I do, I do, years. I do sometimes think it would be nice to be as stupid as a koala. The stupidest animal.
2: They're um, high all the time.
1: That would be good. Yeah.
0: Did you know, did you know the koalas are so dumb? If a koala is stuck in the rain, a koala is smart enough to understand that it is wet and uncomfortable, but not smart enough to understand why it is wet. They're the stupidest animal.
1: Are they dumber, though, than chickens? Because don't chickens, they'll look up at the sky when it's raining and then they'll drown because their mouth is open. Sure. And <laughs> up
0: chickens might sky. also be stupid. <laughs> Koalas are, are very stupid.
2: Animals. Okay, so wait, why, why do you want to be a tortoise?
0: They just seem so sedate. They just seem so peaceful. They just live for two hundred years, and they kind of just shuffle around and eat lettuce and have like the long necks
3: and
1: yeah. Doesn't the long lifespan important to you? Because I genuinely don't think it's that important.
3: I Uh, sorry if
1: you're that zen. Yes. Okay.
0: That's that's true. True. It's 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 like a. If I was a human or if I was like a fucking fox or a raccoon and I had to live for 200 years, I would be like, no, thank you. Yeah. But there's something about the, like, Hakuna Matata energy of a tortoise yeah. where I'm just like, you just want to watch, you just want to watch everything pass you by, you know?
1: I feel oh, so nice. My, I know. If yeah, I have a me. biggest complaint about the lobster is that you only see the random animals every once in a while. And I wish they were just everywhere.
2: We agree, yes. the peacock, the camel, the yeah.
0: pooms, so I want. There's to also, have- I know we agreed that we can't like pick apart the logistics of this, but there is a line Olivia Coleman says early on in the movie where she implies that all, if not most, most if not all animals in the world are people who have been transformed, and I need to understand what they're eating. If this is the case, I need to understand the ecological ramifications of this and what happened to all the animals in the first place.
1: I think they're probably eating the people or they're eating or they're eating. No, no, no. I don't think. Okay, okay, this is this is the best I could come up with on the spot. And this is what I'm saying where I think the the film is like kind of coherent because Ben Wishaw talks about that. His mom went to go live with other wolves in like a wolf sanctuary. Some of them were not had not been people. We're just born. With. Yes. I think it's implied that, like, the people become animals and then they procreate. So, like, there are generations oh, Okay, of there we go. Yep, yeah. That, yeah. that
0: all adds up. Yeah. Genevieve, you look like you decided you're animal.
2: I want to be Falcor, the luck dragon.
0: Okay, that doesn't count.
2: I know, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: I would also like to be You be a Komodo dragon.
2: No, dragon. <laughs> I, don't Komodo dragon dragon. I don't want to be a dragon. I don't want to be... Honestly, like, this is not intelligent, nor is this, like... um what I would actually probably want to be but I think a a horse is at least as sensitive as I am
0: okay and,
2: and feels that kind needs the connection in order to like or like really when you're riding a horse it's most comfortable when someone is with you telling you what to do rather than if you're like just someone who um reads other people's energy picks up in people's energy well,
0: I you're am, like the girl with the this is what hair. i was gonna say she
1: turns into
3: like, a horse oh, but
2: she turns into a miniature horse because she like she's got beautiful hair and she's got a mane like and she's I, a miniature horse i'm talking about a horse you know that like is, when i
0: think about your like intense empathy generally yeah like that's what dogs are like
2: i know I in felt, a way yeah you but
0: make I, a good dog
2: i i know but you're not supposed to be a dog everyone picks this is true
0: everyone wants to be a dog but you'd be good at it i
2: i think i would be i think think you'd be 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 a great dog (laughs) yeah no you're right i think
0: horse tortoise and gorilla are good answers for the three of us
2: i agree and i don't think that oh wait horse oh oh horse tortoise and gorilla Gorilla.
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's i think we landed
1: on something
2: yeah i agree um we should call it though
1: the funniest thing this movie could have done would be like if there was a mix up with the paperwork and then like one of the animals it was expected that they like still had to go to work so like there's a scene where Colin Farrell's at the DMV and one of the employees is just like like a Quokka or something (laughs) and he definitely cannot get his paperwork through because there's like a bureaucratic mix mix up but see that's like a Wes Anderson thing Like that's not going to happen in the Yorgos version of it. Yeah, basically is what happens in Poor Things, but (laughs) you're not ready for that conversation
0: yet. No, Wes Anderson is like ten times the filmmaker that Yorgos Lanthimos is.
1: I am sorry. I like Yorgos, and I think I agree with you just because I adore Wes Anderson.
3: Yeah, to such an extent. Yeah,
1: I like them both. Yorgos doesn't make me cry. That's hard to. It's a hard cuz that like Correct. that's like saying that
3: uh, goodfellas
1: I... is 10 times the movie that the departed is and it's like i fucking love the departed yeah. but goodfellas is 10 times the movie that the departed is
2: i would say that i i did cry actually when they were when when they were um when they were dancing and then when he was trying to find after when he was trying to find things that um that they had in common but i also okay. think a lot that has to do with the score and i think that cool. something that we should have you know Ooh. that i wanted to i think that is worth talking about when you talk about yorgos is the score is are mm. his scores and his sound design but um you know and and obviously like that's where a lot of the emotional power comes from which is you know what probably what made me cry not yeah the the scenario um,
1: <laughs> i also think it's his best this? looking film i think it's Yorgos's.
0: oh no looking. fucking poor things
1: is oh my god i this guy with the poor i'm sorry i'm i'm team
0: poor just too. love the
1: babies dying and uh, oh
0: i don't spoil who did the score for this imdb
1: you know what gets me genevieve every time when uh she's guessing what the things are and it's a tennis ball and she's like no, it's no, a touch Pee- no. he's like you're right it is like
2: it's like touch, <laughs> point, touch, feel, play, win, yeah. or something. Touch feel. It's something really cutely named that ends in win. No, it's just,
1: it's just so. That is when it becomes heartbreaking. That is when the in, exactly. the initial instance of it becoming heartbreaking to me when he's lying to her and telling her that I she's s- guessing the things right, even agreed. that wrong. was okay. and that
2: whole scene is is tied up in that scene where he's like trying to find the things and the the what and whatever that song is is like it's it's definitely a um i think it's either mozart or beethoven string string arrangement and if you keep listening to the song it's really it's it's not it's it's much darker but that beginning of it that makes my heart swing is that uh is the only notes that he really focuses on um and that uh and that orchestral choice i hope that i figure out what it is and i can play it. you guys play it or something but um
1: and you know what? He kicks that little girl in the shin. So it's six out of five. He does stars. kick the
0: little girl in the shins. It's, it's very
1: funny movie. when he kicks the little girl yeah. in the shins.
2: And the donkey gets shot in the opening. How effective do you think the opening scene was? I um, I
1: always forget that that's I always forget okay, that that's the, here's, the movie opens.
0: I I cannot divorce this stuff from the context of when I first saw this movie. So, like I said, I first saw this movie at the 2015 Fantastic Fest. Um now, in these days, I was a regular at Fantastic Fest. I'd been going for a few years then, um, which meant I knew most of the other regulars and people who were like long-running veterans. The year, if I'm remembering the timeline correct, the year before was the year where there was like an unnaturally high number of movies and Fantastic Fest that featured dogs dying. Oh, wow. Um, Culminating in John Wick, which is obviously a movie about a dog dying. And I distinctly remember there being a, which I still think reverberates to this day, growing resentment over the course of the festival about all the dogs that were dying in these like shock value genre movies, right? so i think we come back Can you remember what the
1: other ones were if i looked at the
0: lineup i could people wrote about this at the time it was like a a thing which i think was just generally you're just talking about you know decades of animal cruelty in genre cinema and especially european genre cinema just i think at some point was going to hit a point where people were just like it's it's not an ethics question. It's just boring at this point that you're killing animals left and right. So I do yeah. think we all sat down for this movie the next year. This movie starts with a joke about a woman shooting an animal yeah. in the head and like the big marquee joke, set though. piece is a dog getting beaten to death. And I can't think about that stuff as anything other than very easy, a okay, very easy, like dog. way to make the audience uncomfortable. Because I saw it in a context of we were sick of that shit in movies. Because to some degree, I do think it's very easy to kill an animal and like as like a shock value thing in a movie. And I don't think this movie is doing anything but that.
2: Oh, man. I mean, I think that the suicide scene where she's screaming is, is, if anything, the most disturbing part. Less disturbing. I think that the dog... As much as I close my eyes and do not watch that scene or try to listen to her describe the sounds that Bob makes when he was dying, Butter Cookies Woman mm. thing is just, is like that. If you wanted to make people uncomfortable, same thing with the eye. You're right. Maybe it is all. I just- mean, the eye
0: is the legitimately most uncomfortable part of
2: yeah. this. Agreed. But yeah. The so-
0: dog is, I think, a little hacky and the donkey at the beginning is a little hacky too.
2: I agree. I don't know if I agree about the beginning, but I certainly agree with you yeah. about, um the dog anyway um
1: my issue with the dog is that she has to go Connor I think okay just let me say this real quick (laughs) my issue with the dog is that I think the thing the intriguing thing about the heartless woman is like the idea of sociopathy being able to exist in regular life but then she commits a crime so then it like negates kind of like the power of having that character like exist within this space because she's Committing, it. I think it's I just think it's much more compelling if it's like there are these people who just feel nothing who are just out there in the world and they're not necessarily committing crimes, but they have no sympathy and they are just products of this society. But then like the film negates that because she kills Bob. You get what I mean?
2: Well, what's so funny about that is he, she kills Bob to make a point about justice and yeah. truth. Mm-hmm in the system because she goes how would you like why would you ever like don't you know relationships based on a lie is like it's no relationship at all or whatever like something really like something really like cheesy like that but to prove that point she kills a dog Mm -hmm. and like that uh, is also kind of like a sociopathic logic I think um that makes it kind of funny
1: I wish there was like a way I wish there was a way the film could like internalize that without having it be like she kicked the dog to death yeah agreed. you know what I mean like I just feel like I feel like it just needed that like extra ten percent of a rewrite to be like, can we just figure this out, so that it really like hits home? Yeah. Well,
0: Genevieve, this was a pleasure. I know uh, you have to go.
2: Such a pleasure! I can't wait for this to be released. I mean, yep. for like the podcast to be released, keep me posted, and I, am so happy I got. Do to-
0: you do you have anything you want to plug? In March.
2: In March, I don't think. I you mean, doing anything? No. I mean, I would. You mean like. I mean, I would help anytime you guys need a guest.
0: Happy Oh so. yeah, no. Well that, yeah. Well I'm gonna text but, you when we're done here actually about plug, that.
2: Great. But plug uh I got nothing because I That's am okay. so I'm basically I'm plugging that I get into NYU's PhD program.
0: Me too. You and me. We're fighting really? for it. We're fighting for it. You can go whenever you want. <laughs> we're gonna do But some right
2: I just I really do love you both so much. Oh yeah, this was so much fun.
0: So thank
1: it. you so much for coming. This is one of her own. better ones, sincerely. You're beating uh you're beating Langston in the yeah, Langston will not come on this podcast. Oh.
0: When we do Leo, we'll give him Titanic.
2: Yes, you should. That's a great idea. He does
0: fucking like Titanic. He loves Titanic.
2: I only saw <laughs> yeah. that movie to get him off my back.
0: <laughs> that's insane you should have watched titanic yeah i'm like it's wait that's not that's movie. a
3: bad that's, reason, that to that see is titanic. reason
2: why i watched it it was just so that langston could be appeased the dude fucking goes he hits the, I, know, I know i know he hits the fucking propeller um no but i really like my mom shout out again shout out to my mom who wouldn't let me watch it when i was 13 years old because of the applied sex scene with a hand on the window. That's why
1: your mom wouldn't let you watch That's why away. my mom
2: wouldn't let me watch that movie, so I didn't see the second part.
1: I wasn't allowed to watch it because of the Irish mom who's, like, singing her children to sleep as the Connor, show. Connor, have,
0: have you seen Anyone But You yet? No. <laughs> I've seen it twice. You've have seen it twice? I've seen it fucking twice. There's an incredible joke about someone cleaning up a handprint after, like, a Titanic-style, like, steamy sex scene. Love
3: it. Of it.
0: That sounds uh, unappealing to me. That movie is great. Really? Yeah, it's... it rules. It rules.
2: Totally. totally. Two
0: hot people smooching. What more can no, you want? Looks... Will Gluck, Will Glucko tourism, reason for the season. Connor, do we have anything else we want to talk about or are we going to call it after she goes?
1: I like this movie a lot. I like this movie a lot yeah. more this time watching it than I have in the past. Um, I am I really connected with it, I think, especially because I know you like poor things a lot. I've grown poor things hit the Lanthimos note wrong for me.
0: So there is there is something about poor things kind of like slamming all the lanthimos into one character mm-hmm. and having the rest of the world be not so esoteric. Yeah. Esoteric's the wrong world. That's sort of like People in Yorgos Lanthimos speak, live a life devoid of subtext (laughs) in a way, even if there is a greater subtext to them. um, They they seem to think of themselves as living a life devoid of subtext and kind of putting all that into Bella and like literalizing the reasons why
1: Bella, even if I would say. I think those parts of the movie that you're hitting on are are good enough that it's still on my top of the year list. But the but it's nowhere near it's, my top of the year It's one of those it's one of those movies that it's on the top of the year list, but I still find myself frustrated because I'm like, oh, if it just like again, if Gerard Carmichael wasn't in it, if there's maybe the a different actor in movie. that role, then He's it's incredible. probably the top two or top three of the year for me, as opposed to just on the best of the year list. Here's here's the thing. I
0: like poor things more than I like this or any of the other Yorgos movies. But at the end of the day, I got to the end of Poor Things. And I got to the end of this. And I did ultimately have the same feeling, which was what was the point of that. To some degree, I do walk out of a lot of his movies being like, I don't I don't know what I was supposed to get out of that. And I don't know if I got anything out of it.
1: I have like kind of the opposite. Like, I, it's weird. I have like almost the opposite. Relationship In a
0: way where I, I feel watch... that way with
1: Alps, what you haven't seen. Yeah.
0: In a way where, like, I mean, I'm gonna keep going back to the West thing because I do think Wes is like the yeah. best touchstone for him. Wes and Von Trier are like weirdly the two touchstones for Jorgis. Well, like, they I...
1: they are the book. They are the uh, yeah. uh, the paperweights. I that, like, watch
0: those guys' movies, less more so, and I come out feeling like, I feel like the sum total of human existence has been, like, enumerated in a way that I could not conceive of before I watched this movie. And mm-hmm. I watched Yorgos' movies, and I'm like, that certainly was a movie that I watched, and I don't know that it went anywhere.
1: I think fundamentally, though. When you're watch as you are experiencing a Wes Anderson movie, you have this like undeniable awareness that this is a filmmaker who clearly like experiences clarity in how they how they envision the world around them or how they envision like certain pockets of existence that have like populated throughout time. And I think you have the opposite phenomena with Yorgos, Yorgos Lanthimos where like with Yorgos Lanthimos, and and as you say poor things in many ways is is an uh experiment of this entire idea but when you're watching any yorgos lanthimos film it's like society is so strange that i don't understand a single facet of it and all i'm trying to do with this project is just to understand like one thing a little bit better about like human people how they live how they interact Uh with each other just to pick out like one facet of it and Maybe if I just interrogate this one idea over and over and over again for two hours, I might like understand something a little bit more about human beings at the end. Where like, as I'm saying, Wes Anderson is like very much on the opposite end of just having a greater awareness of having a greater clarity of like understanding people better, of understanding emotion better, of understanding (laughs) the way people live their lives better than Yorgos Anthemos does.
0: Yeah, I think at the end of the day he's just not for me. But I, I am I am glad this movie happened. I certainly do enjoy it. And I'm mostly just glad that like if you know, I was trying to like dance around this earlier. It really does just feel like a weird fluke in a way that this worked out for Colin Farrell and everything else didn't. Yeah. I and part of why... it is that the movie is undeniably better. Like, you know, watching this, even if I'm like not super hot in this movie it is like clear watching this movie that this is like a serious movie on a different level than anything yeah. we've watched recently
1: i'll and do like a better part of it... i'll do a better job of reading the, the like interviews and stuff once we mm-hmm. get to killing of a sacred deer yeah. I did not do as well of a job. Well, partly because I remember reading so much about this film as it was coming. Yeah, out, that's fine. In the moment when it was released, I also think that's um, kind of the Yorgos text in a way. Yeah, but I also just like it is interesting now that there are two more Lanthimos films and going to be a third one shortly on the horizon. And Colin is in neither of. He's not I, I want. One.
0: Let's table. I want to talk about
1: that. Yeah. Next time. That seems like a next time conversation. Um. And it yeah, seems we... like a necessary question to ask, considering yes. how successful he is in this, and how yes. I've been memorable thinking about I it. Think he is in the in the uh, succeeding
0: lot, but we can talk about it next time. But not next time, next time, because I, I I've I've spoiled this earlier. But this is only half of the Colin Farrell comeback narrative. Something else happens in between this movie's premiere and this movie's release, and we'll be back. Next week to talk about all eight and a half hours of True Detective season two. When
1: is when is the air day of the first episode of True, of Detective, True Detective season two? two? Yeah,
0: let's find out. June twenty first, twenty fifteen. So about a month after this movie plays. Gone.
1: A month after Khan.
0: And it is yeah. it is over by the end of the summer. So by the time this movie starts, like its second round of festival runs, because
1: I, I alluded to Can this. Can we talk about this for a second now, considering the fact that The Lobster comes out after, The Lobster in, the, in America is released after True Detective has already run. And what started. do you want to talk about? Just the fact that like, Previously, as I said, I think I went through this period where I envisioned Colin Farrell as like a very mediocre, attractive actor yes. who kind of just took up space in uh, unsuccessful blockbusters, like a Total Recall. It's uh, Really, when I'm saying this stuff, I'm really talking about Total Recall and Fright Night. Like those are the two texts, yes. I think. And, and my awareness, having not seen the film, but my awareness of how big of a bomb Alexander is. And yes. I, you know, we've never really said it explicitly in these terms, but the more I think about it, the more I do kind of I don't think it can be overstated how important it is to an actor's career when they are in a bomb that is like such a historic bomb that it derails like a famous auteur's career mm-hmm. on top of that. It's almost like a compounding effect on like yes. the negative, the, the, the negative run that it has throughout like the tale of an actor's career after that. It's like they are not just known for this movie that bombed, but this movie that bombed so badly that it made a good director seem bad. Because of how bad they are in the movie, that to say, I I had watched the first season of True Detective when it came out. I remember watching the second season, thinking it was interesting that Colin Farrell was getting an opportunity to do what McConaughey had briefly, shortly before I, already done.
0: I want to talk about it next week because I want to do a little more research on
1: this. I I, I have yeah, a lot of, but thoughts what I'm on saying is what I'm saying is in a in a way the lobster kind of acts for Colin Farrell similarly to how like the McConaissance almost like how interstellar acts within the McCona McConaissance taking place Interstellar's late it. McConaissance I know but but okay. interstellar happens after True Detective where some of the other McConaissance stuff happens or at least the starring stuff cuz True Detective is no. is post uh, no, 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 no. Dallas Buyers Club right This is the reconnaissance.
0: This is the reconnaissance. Okay. Yeah. Let's lay this out now. So we can talk about the reconnaissance. So we can talk about it tomorrow. Well, (laughs) so we don't have to reiterate the reconnaissance next week, Yeah. but the reconnaissance is everyone forgets this. The Lincoln lawyer comes out and people are like, Fuck. Even if they don't necessarily like that movie, like reviews of that movie are very much like, fuck, is like really locked in in The Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. One step earlier. I forgot. This is the McConaissance. The McConaissance is he fills in for someone else in Tropic Thunder and is really funny in Tropic Thunder. He's a last second replacement in Tropic Thunder for Owen somebody. Wilson, right? It's Owen Wilson because Owen Wilson tries to kill himself. Yeah. So he steps in. Is really funny, and choppy Thunder. Then gets really good
1: reviews, which in the like Lincoln. what a no brainer substitute for Owen Wilson. Yes.
0: Then gets really good reviews in the Lincoln Lawyer, even if that movie doesn't land. Then Bernie, Killer Joe, Paperboy, Mud, Magic Mike on like a year, right? Yeah. This is just like monster run of like serious actor, serious acting roles that culminates in popping up in the Wolf of Wall Street and Dallas Buyers Club wins the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. That's the like peak of the McConnaissance, And then True Detective
1: into Interstellar is the
0: like victory lap at the end.
1: So True Detective is post... Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. True Detective-, true Detective. is post-Dallas Buyers Club. I'm saying in a sense because another thing that happens is like the McConnaissance happening two years before Colin Farrell's kind of comeback really starts taking off. Is it like fast tracks the narrative of Colin Farrell is on a comeback tour because we don't have to like replicate it exactly that as we do with McConaughey. So it's like by casting Colin Farrell in season two of true detective, you're transplanting Colin Farrell onto the McConaughey sons.
0: We're going to talk about this.
1: No, but what I'm saying, (laughs) this is why it's important because in a weird way, the lobster is kind of like his interstellar.
0: No, the lobster is kind of like his magic mic. This is where you're wrong. I don't think so. I think it's It's, more like his Interstellar
1: because Interstellar is after. This is after True Detective.
0: No, it's supposed to be before True Detective. It it premieres, but it doesn't. But
1: people in America are not seeing it until after True Detective. Nick Pizzolatto is thinking of it as the follow-up. No, I'm talking just to the viewer. Sure. Okay. Not, not to the people within the industry. Yes. Just to the no, viewer. Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. To the This, viewer, this... is
1: his interstellar. It's yes. weird that the but lobster also, becomes his interstellar. But it's also his magic mic. But it's also his magic mic. <laughs> it's also
0: Pizzolato, like, correctly. Co- this is
1: why I don't want to talk about this this episode. I'm going to cut all this. And we're gonna don't cut it. it. Don't cut it because it's important because it's about the lobster. It's not about True Detective. It's, it's about, about the True lobster. Detective because it's
0: about it's why he's in True Detective. Um, for the record, the penultimate episode of season one of True Detective, yeah, airs the exact same time McConaughey is winning his Oscar. That's Man, the same that's, night.
1: That's wild because it's Sunday. You understand what I mean, though? How it's like this? This we'll talk about next week, but it, it is My... kind of like you just chop the head off of the McConaughey's narrative and you place the head of Colin Farrell's career My, on top of it because it's true detective because the his, because true detective being that for McConaughey was narrativized so much as that thing for true, his career. True
0: detective season one is HBO seeing something that's already happening and like rushing to get on board that train so yeah. they can be like, we were part of this too. You weren't part of this too. You're like, you're reaping the rewards that other people have like gotten you there for. Yeah, yeah. That's what true detective season one is. True detective season two is them like actively being like thinking that they had some part of the micondance, being like, Can we do this again? Fucking it up, but somehow succeeding in the long run anyway none of this is making
1: the episode no no you can leave this in it's all yeah. getting cut man there's stuff i gotta say but then i remember like we'll do we're it we're gonna talk about this we'll do it tomorrow to-
0: tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, we join uh, us next week for true detective season two please remember to rate review subscribe connor have you posted once on the
1: instagram I don't know when it's gonna happen Connor do you know. remember the password For the Instagram account I do well I think it's just connected to my regular Instagram so <laughs> Um Please remember to tell a friend
0: And we'll be back next week But until then As always oldie but a goodie Fuck Ken Loach
3: up a lice I can feel it coming. Oh, awesome.